June the 24th, 2022. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. We have a slightly different schedule this week, coming out just a little bit later on Friday. Um, really, with the way that the schedule has changed a little bit, there was no Santa Anita racing. Now they're done, and they're, uh, so Southern California has a little bit of a, a break for a few weeks. And Louisiana, which I'm covering all the time, will run on Saturday, Sunday, so we'll get you that here. And NBA just stopped, so we're going to have like a week in between talks with Eric. So we uh, we pushed it back just a little bit. Also want to say, uh, rest in peace. I was at a funeral this week for a, a very close family friend, Anthony Castillo. Uh, my best friend Jason from when I was five years old, his dad passed away recently, and he was a big part of my life. Their family has been a very big part of my life uh, since I was five years old, and we went and celebrated the life of Anthony earlier this week. So I'll uh, be seeing Jason and his mom quite a bit and checking in on them and uh, hoping everything is okay with them as we mourn the loss of Anthony, but we got to celebrate the life of Anthony. Never easy to you know make the transition from talking about something serious back on into sports, but let's uh, let's give you the rundown here. So we'll do a quick little NBA draft recap, just some thoughts on uh, on some of the stuff that happened and uh, in round one. We'll get into racing for Saturday. A couple plays at Gulfstream at Thistledown. It's the Ohio Derby, so I'll talk about one other stakes race and the Ohio Derby. Some plays at Churchill Downs. We'll go through the cards for Saturday and Sunday, Louisiana, full card. And then this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. We have a long segment on AEW this week. We preview the Forbidden Door pay-per-view coming up this weekend. Then we dive into everything going on in WWE, uh, the major storylines and events on SmackDown, Raw, and then we get into NXT. All of that on this episode of That's What G Said, presented by BetterThan.Vegas at BTV Bets. Go give them a follow on Twitter. A free live stream schedule. Almost every day there's different sports, different live streams covering the major events going on all around the country, all around the world, really. If you are a fan of this podcast, if you're a fan of you know, major sports and racing, go give them a follow. I'll, I am hosting shows over there um, quite often. Stuff where we talk about Woodbine Thoroughbreds, Woodbine Standard Breads, uh, interviews with different jockeys, previews for football games, basketball games. I'm on there Tuesday mornings to talk baseball and dish out a couple baseball plays. We'll be talking some Wimbledon coming up this weekend. Anytime there are major golf or tennis tournaments, we have previews there. Everything's free over at BTV. Give them a look. Better than Dot Vegas. NBA Draft was Thursday night. Let's just kind of quickly look at how the uh, the draft played out towards the top. So, uh, Paolo from Duke went number one. And this was sort of a surprise because a lot of people had Chet going, Jabari. It was just different combinations, and it didn't feel like Paolo. And Chet was sort of the guy people were talking themselves into. But Paolo ends up going first. This changes things quite a bit. And then Chet goes to OKC. So, Paolo to Orlando, who has a pretty fun group of young players now over there. I sort of, I was, in watching him, I never thought throughout the regular season that he was going to be like an NBA franchise type player, but he did impress me quite a bit in the tournament. And when the games got more and more important, he was one of the guys down the stretch that the moment was never too big for him. So, a surprise here, things change late, and Paolo ends up going number one to the Magic, so that slotted in Chet Holmgren, number two, for OKC. They had a nice draft. 
they uh, they made a, a couple moves and they end up f- probably feeling pretty good about where they are coming out of uh, coming out of Thursday night. So that left Jabari number three skill set size. People of course want to make the comparison to Kevin Durant because he's he's big. He can shoot over you. Keegan Murray was where things started to change. So the top three were supposed to be the top three just in a different order. Keegan Murray was probably not supposed to be four. A lot of people had Jaden Ivey pegged there. But Murray ends up going the score to Sacramento at four. Jaden Ivey goes to Detroit, guard with some upside, kind of poor showing at the very end of the tournament, but really skilled. And now Detroit's put together some nice pieces there. Matherin is someone who has all the positives on and off the court. Hearing and reading everything, it seems like the one comment you kept hearing was this is a really good dude, he's going to be a good teammate, a uh, good leader on the court, really good motor. Sharp goes to Portland, feels like more of a, a project there, so one to, to keep an eye on. The eighth pick was uh, Dyson Daniels, Good defender, good size, improved shooter, can handle the ball well. He could give the Pelicans uh, some nice defensive pieces there. While you put him Alvarado, Herb Jones. You got uh, Sohan, the Spurs-esque player at 9. Great feel, intangibles, good effort, intensity. Someone who they said maybe dream on like, not, not as good of a passer, but maybe just does a lot of the little things for you. Ryan Rosillo seemed really high on him, said, you know, type type of guy who you sort of look from Baylor. He came off the bench a little bit. You you look around and all of a sudden he kind of has really shifted the the way the game is being played and, and he maybe didn't score a whole lot to do it. Then you had Johnny Davis at 10, who's the opposite. A big-time scorer had, scorer had to make tough shots. Will he be playing with Beal or is Beal going to be moved? Now the Knicks drafted Dang, but they ended up trading that to OKC, so the Knicks end up really doing nothing. They make a couple moves, they do a bunch of stuff, but it's all for future first. Jalen Williams goes 12, long with a big wig span, so OKC. Then it was uh, Duran and Agbaji, and the top 14, Mark Williams, was 15. So that was the top half of the NBA draft. Just wanted to kind of go through what happened towards the top, and maybe a little later on in a few weeks we'll dive into team needs you know, once uh, we have free agency starting to hit, and you know we can do some early look at uh at futures, over unders, win totals, stuff like that. So, NBA draft. Now uh, we'll see who are going to be the big stars from this year's draft. Let's shift the focus on over into horse racing. We'll start talking some Saturday and some Sunday. So, time for racing. <laughs> racing fans many of us have been using the drf the daily racing form for years studying the races keeping up to date on news with all the articles i remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack wherever i was going now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use drf with drf.com and the newly optimized drf mobile you can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. 
past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to drf.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts for replays if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is... Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone, cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next and then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering multiple formats to view you got the overview page with recent speed figures current days odds easy access to expert selections and analysis you got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse and you got those traditional drf pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones they are constantly upgrading improving and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at drf.com. Better. You want to spread your pony knowledge wide. Better. I got a place where winning ain't tough to do. You want to be cool. Stable too. Your horse racing fantasy come true. Download the Stable Duel app and play today. This weekend, the big Stable Duel game is at Thistledown for the Ohio Derby Dash. $50 top 10 contest, $5,000 in prizes. There's also games at Gulfstream Park and at Hawthorne. We're going to talk Thistledown and Gulfstream in just a few. Sunday, Gulfstream, Laurel, Emerald Downs with the Budweiser Stakes Day. Big game. Then you've got Monday, Parks, Indiana Grand, and... Cinnaboya Downs, all with different games for you. Get those entries in and play, race, win, like Saturday at Gulfstream Park, June the 25th. Get those past performances out. I've got a couple plays for you in races 10 and 11. So uh, race number 10, we've got a, both of them are nice price plays. Race number 10, we've got the uh, six-horse Conundrum Queen. I think it's going to sit the trip. She's stepping up, but she's proven on synthetic. And look at her debut. She debuts at Saratoga. She gets a little bit of money that day. Then again, she runs against Maiden Specials. She drops down in. Then she starts to really gain some confidence. A good runner-up effort. Three wins in a row on different on a couple different surfaces. She could sit very nicely, maybe third behind the two horses to the outside who go quick early on. I hope Conundrum Queen sits the trip there. 12 to 1 on the morning line. We'd make a win wager at anything around 8. In race number 11, we're looking at the number 6, Sir Ollie. 
Last time out, Sir Ollie was in a pretty good race. It was a, a big drama. It was a stakes race. It's very tough for a Florida bred stakes. He can pass horses. In that race, there wasn't a whole lot of passing. The top two were one, two throughout. But look at the way this race shapes up. Almost every other horse in this field wants to be really close or forwardly placed. And Sir Ollie is proven closing, making up some ground, and sitting off. Loves Gulfstream Park. All of his racing has come right here. And he's proven at the trip. Sir Ollie, the number six in race number 11. So that's uh, over at Gulfstream Park on Saturday. couple plays for you. Let's head on over to Thistledown for a few plays for Saturday with some stakes races. Folks, a really good Ohio Derby. We're going to head towards the end of the card at Thistledown and take a look at a couple of the stakes races there. We're going to look at races 10 and 11. The 10th is the Lady Jacqueline or excuse me, $250,000 stakes race. You've got Crazy Beautiful, nice multiple-graded uh, multiple stakes winner in there. You've got Army Wife, who was, what, 7-2 in the Cotillion, multiple-graded stakes placed winner in there. You've got Maracuja, who is a grade one winner in the mix. So lots of... Uh, Lots of class in a couple of these stakes races over at Thistle Down. I actually like the eight micro cap who comes off of a, a good win at Churchill Downs going a mile and eighth where she sat a nice trip. Two starts back, she ran into Juju's map who was super impressive that day and took that field gate to wire. Then on April the 9th, she was in a race behind Temper Time and the top three in there were basically one, two, three all the way around. There was no passing that day. Prior to that, she ran into Clarier, who's one of the best older mares in training. I think it's a great spot for Microcap. So uh, the number eight Microcap will be in the mix for me. Eight to one on the morning line. Anything over five will make a win wager. In the grade three Ohio Derby, $500,000 up for grabs. They'll go a mile and an eighth. You've got a scratch of Brigadier General. Ethereal Road, who scratched out of the Derby. That made it possible for Rich Strike to get in the Derby. White Abario, who ran in the Derby, Grade 1 Florida Derby winner. You've got Tawny Port, who was in the Kentucky Derby. That's the Lexington winner. You've got Classic Causeway, who was in the Kentucky Derby. That's the Sam F. Davis winner. And the Tampa Bay Derby winner. A good group that lined up in here. I think from a win perspective, the 8 Classic Causeway might be able to clear this field with the type of speed he showed. Ethereal Road was extremely impressive winning the Sir Barton on May the 21st. At that point of the day at Pimlico, nobody was passing horses, and he won very, very nicely and earned a career best speed figure in doing so. The one Barice could get a great trip, saving ground from the inside, stretching back out from six and a half furlongs. Look at when he went a mile and an eighth, he was in the Wood Memorial, and look who he ran into. Mo Donegal, early voting, Skippy Longstocking. Your Belmont winner, your Preakness winner, and a Belmont um, in the money finisher. One, four, eight. The three drop in G's in at least an under spot. I would have no problem using him in stable duel or in the under parts of exotics. I don't know if he's quite good enough to win, but a fun price who can maybe clunk up and pick up some pieces there. That's Saturday over at Thistle Down. Let's move from Thistle Down Saturday to Churchill Downs Saturday. We had races 5, 8, 9, and 10 over at Churchill on Saturday. And uh, I'm looking at race number 5 at the one Sprawl, who should sit pretty nicely there. 
He chased a wire-to-wire winner last time out in a small field in the slop. That was his first start since February, and it was on May the 26th. Prior to that, he lost to Olympiad, Mandaloon, Nick's Go, won a grade three before that, and then lost to Maxfield. He ran into some really nice horses and will now go second start off the bench. He's ran well, he's run well at Churchill. He likes this trip and he should sit nicely from the inside. The number one, Sprawl. Six to one on the morning line. Shout out to my son, Milo. He loves the, the Sprawl when I do the uh, Sprawl. He loves it. He <laughs> has fun with it. Wrestling thing and uh, football thing as we move along to race number eight. I'm looking at the number two. Perfect Spidey, whose two races on the dirt were in tough races. There are no monsters in here. He's going to cut back from a mile to six to seven furlongs, and he should be sitting in a really nice spot. Third, he's going to go, yeah, from that long turf back to the elongated sprint. So just a slight turn back, moves back a furlong. Nobody in here scares the heck out of you. Eight to one on the morning line. Perfect Spidey in race number eight. In the ninth race, I think you may want to use two horses in some exotics. One of them is the two. Penny Baker, who was very impressive in winning at Laurel Park. She sat a nice trip there, and she could get a nice trip if the speeds all hook up. If they don't, I think it's because Lady Rocket just outran them on the cutback. This is a very quick filly, and she's run into some tough races in some tough spots in the last two. She might be faster than everyone else in here if she can clear Calypso early on. Two and three. In the exotics, in the ninth, in the grade three, Chicago. Race number 10, I like the seven anchor in here coming off of a a pretty good third where just was only beaten a half length and that was his first start since May. He has the right to take a nice step forward. Feels like the sprint distances are, are good for him because he has a little bit more punch. They can use him more aggressively early on and he's got a little more finish. Anchor, eight to one on the morning line. That's the number seven in race 10 there at Churchill Downs on Saturday. So good luck on Saturday over at Churchill Downs as we head on over to Louisiana. Let's talk some Louisiana Saturday and some Sunday. Race number one for June the 25th. I thought the one A Star is Born now is the horse who I've picked on top and I think maybe he can play to win it around 5-2. to two. Toss the turf race, was in a little too tough last time out. This is the lowest level he's ever raced at. And he should save all the ground on the inside and come running. The number three, G Storm, looks like a pace factor. The problem is he was a pace factor last time. He cleared the field. He had maybe a three-length lead at the top of the lane, but he got tired late and ended up stopping. He'll have to go a little farther here, but again, he looks like the major speed. The four, uh, Robe Toddy Storm, third start off the bench, just missed last time out, so he could be very tough again right back. One, three, four. In race number six, uh, race number two, excuse me. I'm going to the number six. That's what uh, that's what the problem was there. Shan's Lane was impressive. Sat a nice trip in a really soft race on June the 5th. But there's really not much speed in here again. And I think she could again sit a very similar type trip where she's either on the lead or maybe sitting just behind if one of the horses from the inside want to go. Maybe it's the three, Lady Loot, who flashes some brief speed in here. And then the six horse sits just off. So I'll use the six over the three with the seven caviar resolution on the big drop down in class underneath. And the two, Angela's celerity. If you can eliminate that last race and just return to the sprints, 
I think you make it, uh, you make a better case for uh, the deuce in here. Six three seven two. Some of the exotics there in race two. Race three. We'll head to the turf course. Seventy five hundred dollar non winners of two. Seven and a half furlongs. The distance. Stormy sunrise is the play for me from the inside. This one will go back to the turf. Stormy sunrise has. Some nice turf form in those two starts, including a win right here at Louisiana Down. The barn is very capable off of a long layoff, 11% off of this type of a a 61 to 180 day layoff over the last five years. The one stormy sunrise should sit a nice trip, saving some ground from the inside. The six violent shadows drawn uh, drawn well towards the outside, and this one will try the turf for the first time. The dam was a multiple winner on the turf, and the lone sibling also won on the grass, so she's in the mix for me. The four horse, Federal Court, coming off of the the good turf races against slightly tougher in the last two. She would be no shock in here, third start off the bench. Then underneath them, I would have the seven and the eight if you wanted to go a little deeper. Gifted Talent, who has some good turf form to go back to. Shining Terry, who will likely be forwardly placed coming off that win last time out, but she's not as quick as you might think if you just see the wire-to-wire win. It's not as if they went fast there, Then she, but she's drawn to the outside, so they may force her a little bit, and she's stretching out, so I think she'll be kind of sitting and pressing from the outside. One, six, and four, seven, and eight if you wanted to go a little deeper in race number four. 5,000 non-winners of three, Louisiana Breds. I like the five golden artist who's going to put two starts together. She got the lead from the inside last time out, but she's not as fast as some of the others in here. I think she's likely going to be sitting. The four-star Prado has some good recent sprints to look back on, and she will now go second start off the bench. Jose Guerrero jumps aboard. You've got Susan Jones, who should be forwardly placed in here, sat a nice second pressing, and finished... Third in that race after sitting second and pressing the pace early on. Saber Queen crossed the wire first in the last two, got DQ'd from the purse in one of them. The rail draw might make it a little bit tricky, but she's actually won. She's actually won three times, so she is kind of already in non three, and this is a spot that would be no shock. Just not sure if if she can get the really smooth trip from the inside. She's actually been defeated before by Susan Jones. Five, four, three, one. As we move to race number five, it's a first level allowance in here. Seven and a half furlongs, the distance. I like the one, Cipriority, who should track nicely just off the lead. Was a good third last time out in a race where they went quick and it set up for a horse coming from off the pace. That was the first start since January and it was in June. So he should improve with that race under his belt. Overall, his turf form has been very good and he's going to be in the mix early on. The two sniveling, everyone else in this field is stepping up except for sniveling. There's only This is like the only horse who's proven at this level on the turf with good winning type efforts. Mo Tap has been running at the level but has to prove it on the turf. And the races that sniveling are coming out of are good races. That silent tap, oh my aching arch race was good. Silent Tap is nice. Oh My Aching Arch came right out of that race to win. He's put together three good races in a row. One, two will be in my pick four. And in all exotics, I'll use the seven underneath Mo Tap as kind of a wild card trying the turf. Getting to the sixth race, the one raise the praise. Going to be pretty tough in here. The barn has been really good with second time starters. Four for their last 11. 
the lone sibling for this two-year-old filly was a three-time winner. And she had a this filly raised the praise had a really tough trip. In her debut, she drew the rail. She got bumped hard by her rival and pushed in. And then really did close nicely late, moving to the inside. That was all on a sloppy racetrack, too. The five grams deal, I'm, I'm probably going to use in the mix in the pick four, though. The score should give you uh, some value. The barn won, or the dam, won three of her first six starts. This barn is pretty good first time out when it comes to the numbers. 11%, but a $2.50 ROI because they pop with some big prices. 11 to 1, 16 to 1, 38 to 1 winners in the DRF database, which goes through the last five years. Graham's deal has a winning sibling, and we mentioned that Dam, who won three of her first six starts and won eight times overall for 192000 Steady tab, local works, capable barn, decent little pedigree, Graham's deal. In the mix for me, the four, Cozy Tap. The Dam didn't win. This is more of a connections play. Did have a winning sibling, but it's Shane Wilson and Jose Guerrero teaming up. And uh, they have some local works here at Louisiana. And this team, getting a first-time starter to win would be no shock. One five four there in the sixth. As we move to the seventh and final, five furlongs on the turf course, $7,500 claiming race, a restricted claimer. The number six Nate's way, I think, will be pressing nicely. He can track just off some upside on the turf because he's only been on there twice, and he's going to go second start off a little bit of a break. He was off from the end of February to May, so may have needed that start a bit, got a little tired, should be sharper. McLean is a nice horse who came back and ran very well in a race that just didn't shape up that well for him. The one Sierra Hotel Showed on September the 2nd last year that he can close well going five furlongs. I think he should get a nice trip in here. It looks like Hewlin will probably be close. You know Let It Be is going to be flying. Raven's Reflection is really quick. And Pass Post is probably going to be the part of the entry that flashes speed. Invincibility is quick. And Nate's Way, it wouldn't be surprising to see him right in the mix with them early too. Could set up well for a horse like Sierra Hotel. The four Let It Be... Almost a year off, but last time we saw him, it was winning a first-level allowance. This is a lot softer spot. If he is ready at all, he might be tough to run down in here. 6-1-4, the three, Hewlin, kind of a wild card. He can sit just off, and he's only been on the turf a few times. Um, A lot of his racing has been against better. The seven, also one I would take a look at. Invincibility, but this one on the huge drop, the way that he probably will get over bet in here. I'm fine taking a shot against him. If you don't want to use him in, in any of your exotics or you want to just use him under because you you know use a couple other prices on top, that's fine. I definitely wouldn't be betting him to win at a short price on that big drop. That's Saturday. Louisiana Downs. Let's move on over to Sunday. First, let's talk about full-service realtor Cindy Carava. Her website, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. Now, if you heard her on the show a few weeks back, we talked all about the current housing market, how things uh, look to project over the next few years. She is so smart, informative. It will help anyone that is interested in buying, selling, leasing. You can check that out on my social media and YouTube page. And Cindy can be found at C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com As a full service realtor She can help you out with buying, with selling, with leasing She can connect you to lenders If you need help with uh, 
a, a home loan. She can connect you with vendors if you're looking for home improvement and you need to be connected to a gardener, landscaper, painter. And these are all folks that she's got experience with, that she's worked with, that she knows well. She can do a free market analysis of your home's value. She just wants to make your life easier. She wants to take take some stress off of you. That checklist is not fun when you're trying to relocate. Let Cindy Carava help you. C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A dot com. Heading on over to Sunday, June the 26th at Louisiana Downs. Let's go to race number one. Maiden $5,000 claimers. Louisiana bred seven furlongs the distance. I like the one Ted Stryker a little bit. He was three deep in his last start, about four or five lengths off. He kept to the middle of the track with a big move up to second, flattened out a little bit late in a race that I think was pretty strong for the level. We saw the third place finisher come back and win, and that was a horse who actually beat lower Cretaceous. We saw the runner runner up uh, was supposed to come back and run and was scratched out of that spot. I th- I like the race. That Ted Stryker exits came right up into contention. That was against Open Company, now in with Louisiana Breads. Going seven from the rail isn't easy, but it, I think it'll give him a little bit more time to work out the trip. The four, lower Cretaceous, obviously. Back in two weeks off the tough race, off the layoff, is why I'm using him underneath. I'm a little worried he may bounce, and I would have liked a little bit more time. He was off from August of 2019 to June of this year, and then he comes back in just two weeks. That's a little bit quick on the turnaround for me. And he actually... I mean, he he's going to be... He's the horse to catch. But Landry and Lucas in here is pretty quick. And that seven furlongs, that concerns me. So is Landry and Lucas going to be able to push him? I think he's forwardly placed. So I'm using one, four, and then the five, Proud Redemption. Who should get a nice trip. But he hasn't run since July of 2021. And the barn is one for 25 off of this type of a long layoff. I could see him running well underneath. I could even see him winning the race, but he'd need to get a perfect type trip. One, four, five. Got some babies in race number two. It's a maiden special weight for two year olds. I like the five here. Roll on out for trainer Greg Tracy. This dam of this two year old named Chandler's Heart was an 11 time winner with 10 seconds and five thirds. Multiple stakes placed. Two siblings that she produced, both of them multiple winners. Greg Tracy hits at a nice clip. He's 21 for his last 106 with first-time starters with a $1.90 return on your investment, almost hitting at a, at even clip for someone whose horses get bet. The six Clint Boy Eastwood is a two-year-old son of Zippy Wager, who was an eight-time winner, won her debut. She's produced three other winning foals. One of them won their debut. Two won their second start. There's a lot of precocity in this family for a very capable first time out trainer. You got the four easy chance for Lonnie Briley. The dam of this one, hilarious, won twice. Both siblings were multiple winners. Briley has four wins over the last few years with first time starters and a $2.36 ROI with first timers. And so has popped with a few at big prices. The two. Blinded by the G's, the rail concerns me a little bit. Now, her damn one, her second start in a small stakes was a four-time winner. Why doesn't this guy, blinded by the G's, have any works in the last month? The last published work was May the 27th. It's hard to take a first-time starter from the rail at a short price who hasn't worked in a month. Yeah, I mean, at least worth talking about. Five, six, four, two. 
Third race I thought was going to be pretty chalky. I won't even spend a whole lot of time when I think races are going to be chalky. $10,000 non-winners of three claimers, six furlongs, the distance. The six, Abdan, probably sending hard from out there. You've got the one, Mists of Time, who if was drawn to the outside. I'd like Mists of Time more. So I, that's the reason why I have the six over the one, basically because of the draw. And the five, Grief, should come running. Six, one, five, nothing creative there. Let's move to the pick four, though, which starts in race number four. First level allowance, seven and a half furlongs on the turf course. A really cool race that I think is very contentious. I'm going to look at the six horse, Madam Henny. Made a nice move inside, was traveling well, but just got trapped behind horses. Nowhere to go. Some sneaky trouble in there. Runner up in that race, came back to win next time out. Now he'll go third, start off the bench. Second time on the turf. Keep an eye out for Madam Henny. The one essential Bella comes off of a pretty good turf effort. That was going five furlongs. Was hooked wide in between horses. Made a nice move with some late energy down the stretch. And it was a first turf start. And it was going five. Should be a little better going seven and a half. Could be a horse who has some speed early on. Going to be close early in here. The eight horse Varsity Fly Girl will probably be the one to catch. I think they'll try to fly from the outside and flash that speed. Gets away from First Empress and does have some good turf form. You've got the four horse, Katie's Carrot. I wouldn't talk you off that one who has won three races in a row. One of them was a win on the turf over at Evangeline. The five, CC Harbor, got bumped hard at the start. Needs a better beginning because she's been her own worst enemy. I feel like there's a little something there with CC Harbor. Even down to the two, Swizzle City and the three. I didn't really love... The May 31st race from Swizzle City, but it's a it was a decent race. Swizzle City was actually in front of Madam Henny that day. I thought Madam Henny had legitimate trouble, whereas Swizzle City didn't fe- seem to have as many excuses. Cool way to kick off the pick four. I'll probably use one, six, and eight. Maybe throw the four in the mix. In race number five, we've got 5,000 non-winners of two claimers. I'm going to single the six-horse rooster run. I I thought he was so impressive in his win on June the 4th. That was his first start when taking a big drop down into the maiden claiming ranks. And I I didn't play him that day because I thought he was going to get bet hard. He ended up going off at 9-2. The horse he he beat in second came back to win. On May the 9th, he ran in a maiden special weight race that looks even better now as the winner of that race came right back to win. Rooster Run. Going to be tough to beat. I'll probably single the chalk here with the four horse Zong Tough underneath on the drop in class. The one on tilt loves to finish second and third. Couple good efforts at the level last time out will be forwardly placed from the rail. In the sixth race, we've got Louisiana bred $7,500 claimers a mile on the turf course. I like the two. Greeley went west. This Barnes had a really nice meet. His turf form is a little better than it might look. Fourth. Fourth, couple close fourths, a second, and then a seventh with trouble. He can be close up. I think he's going to be in the top two or three here early on. The one horse Senator Khan comes off of a legit trouble trip last time out. He had a good start, but then he ended up taking back to last in a compact field. He was traveling really well inside with nowhere to go. He was right up on the heels of the leaders. Was unlucky that day. Was waiting inside for room that just never, never came. Senator Khan. In the mix for me The number 6, my call In with Louisiana Breds Who have not won a race on turf since February the 24th 
He or since February the 26th, he won on February the 24th. So beautifully fits the conditions of this race. It was basically written for him. 216 in all exotics, the four reluctant warrior. If you want to go a little deeper for these top notch connections, dropping in class, second start off the short break. I wouldn't talk you off that one. Moving along to the seventh and final, a spread out race for me. I thought you make a case for the two front page on the big drop down in class. Back to dirt. Third start off the bench. Loves it here at Louisiana. You've got the three flame and fire. Non-winners of three, but in nice form right now, having won two of the last three. 13 for 24 in the money overall. Has some speed. Has run well at Louisiana. Problem is, it'll probably run into some other speed from the five Holy Spirit, who I also think is an underneath type. The seven cool Catamine I'll use in the third spot. She, uh, He should be pretty close up and forwardly placed, but he can also pass, which he showed us on April the 18th over at Will Rogers. Two, three, seven. The four Fredonian would be no shock off that runner-up effort last time out. The five Holy Spirit, who I mentioned, some speed stretching out. And back out to a mile, you'd think that they will be close up after you know, coming out of some sprint races and actually showing some speed in uh, in a few of the recent ones. And then the eight, Knight's Key. I think you can make a case for almost all of them in a really tough race. I'll probably use two, three, four, five, and seven in pick fours. I stacked them two, three, seven to close out the Sunday card over at Louisiana Downs. So best of luck this weekend with the Saturday and Sunday racing. And, uh, we head on over to talk some wrestling with Chad Cooper. It's this week in wrestling. We get into AEW and Forbidden Door. We run through a preview for that show. We talk about everything happening in AEW. And then we get on over to WWE with SmackDown, Raw, and then into NXT. Koopa Loop joins for this week in wrestling. Here it is, folks. Fight of the night. I'm trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's... This week's wrestling recap. All right, calm down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper. We're a little later in the week. Appreciate Koopa Loop accompanying uh, my adjustments and going to talk about this week in wrestling right now because we're a little later in the week let's let's flip the script a little bit let's flip it a little bit we've got the AEW show coming up this weekend Forbidden Door which is uh, on Saturday we're recording this on Friday a lot of you will end up hearing this Friday night so we'll still talk about everything WWE NXT we'll just talk AEW first and we won't talk as much about Smackdown because by the time a lot of you hear this you may have already seen the next Smackdown so we'll talk a little about it and what's been happening there with uh, with Brock coming back but let's Talk AEW, and let's talk about the Forbidden Door show coming up. Koopa Loop, I gotta say, this is one of those shows that I just think it's been snake bitten from yeah. the get go. From the get go, and I feel like there will be three or four matches from this ten match card that are going to be awesome, and we'll look back after the card and say those were fantastic matches. But the build to this card has really struggled. I think for a, a few different reasons, one or two that we may be able to blame on AEW, a couple that we can't, right? A couple are that are just injuries. Unfortunately, they don't have Kenny Omega. They don't have CM Punk. They don't have Brian Danielson right now. Those guys are all hurt. There's nothing they could do about that. That's not 
something AEW booked. That's not their fault. If those three guys were around, this show would definitely be better on paper. The problem is everything outside of the injury issues. We have no idea what the hell is going on with MJF, first off. We haven't heard anything more from him since the week he cut like his pipe bomb promo. You'd imagine he would have been a big pick, big, you know, presence on this show somewhere. And we've had I mean, every match that you go through on a 10-match card, there are nine on the main show and one on the pre-show. Honestly, seven or eight of these matches either had something wrong, something changed, or they just got put together within the last two days. You bring up a valid point. Uh, Another thing is, um, if you're not a hardcore AEW fan, if you're you're if you're an AEW wrestling fan and really get into it, you're going to watch the pay-per-view regardless what they have. But specifically this one, if you're a pure wrestling fan and, and you like the wrestling uh nomics, so to speak, side of it, you're going to enjoy this pay-per-view. The fans like me who a lot of American wrestling fans. A lot of we, American we wrestling need a fans. Story, and we need a story. We, we have not got line. any, any. Their bills for this you know, have been atrocious. Awful. The, the go-home show for AEW was not very good, and the ratings showed that. There's a lot of these guys on the New Japan side I, I've never heard of before. And, and, and I got to say, and, I and know. Several of them have gotten hurt now. I know New Japan probably better than you, and I will definitely admit, and I will definitely admit that in the last, basically since AEW started, I have not followed New Japan nearly as much because AEW kind of filled the void. A lot of the the reason and people why, uh, like the reasoning why I watched some New Japan stuff was because the Young Bucks were over there, Jericho would go over there and wrestle matches. Sometimes, you know, they had Jim Ross calling stuff, and then Kevin sure. Kelly was was calling the stuff there, so it made it easier for the American fans to sort of understand what was happening, because I, I like you said, I, per, I know some others don't. I personally need a little bit of commentary. In order to get fully invested, I need to know, even if you're not going to give me an incredible storyline build between some of these wrestlers, I need to know who they are. You need to tell me who these guys are. They they have they they just sort of expect everyone to know who everybody is right when they show up. And I will I will point out throughout the card, we're gonna preview the card. I'll point out a few instances where I think they've done a good job or I think they've done better than others. But in a lot of these cases, it feels like a combination of one, they're not really telling that great of a story, and two. They haven't really been letting a lot of the New Japan guys get over as much. <laughs> this is like the Raw versus SmackDown uh, you know, series. It's Red like, we'll night. see them. We'll tell you how great they are. Will Ospreay is the perfect example. Sure. Will, Will Ospreay is, and, and is what they say he is. Like one of the five best wrestlers on the planet the last year and a half. He's been able to transition from... A smaller wrestler into the heavyweight ranks and and wrestle the absolute top tier guys in New Japan. He's improved the way he sells. He's worked on his character. Like all before, he was someone who was really athletic and who was the, you know they'd call the flippy guy. But all yep. of the knocks that people had on Will Ospreay a few years ago, he's actually really strengthened a lot of those things and gotten a lot more well rounded as a wrestler. They bring him in. He, I believe, 
there's been two tag matches so far that they've lost. He won one match against Dax from FTR, who, who I will say they have been treating Dax like a little bit better with how he's been presented. He's not someone that gets squashed in matches by a lot of their top guys, right? So that, but they didn't make Will Osprey look like a star at all. And now he's yeah. in a match against Orange Cassidy, which is fine. Orange Cassidy is fun. But Will Osprey is one of the top guys that felt like you could have really made seem like a big deal. He could have picked up a couple wins leading up. There got to be some New Japan wrestlers that win on this show. And I I just kind of assume that a lot of the belts are going to stay with, you know, the people from their companies. And just we're not just going to have AEW, New, New Japan champ, you know, IWGP champs in AEW. And maybe we get one or two and they do it to, you know, to surprise us. But I've. Overall, in what people will are they keep saying a dream match and dream stuff? Well, when you don't have Punk, you don't have Omega, you don't have Brian Danielson right off the bat. Those are probably three of the guys. When everyone was doing the the math in their head a few months ago, they're like, oh, Kenny Omega again versus whoever Okada again or this or that Omega, and we're not getting any of those at all. So that that's that's a total bummer. And Chad, you were pointing out that the ratings are not very good right now. Uh, I, I and I think it has. We talked about it last week and the week before. Really, really last week hammered it. Um, this pay per view. Uh, now look, they they it may be turn out to be one of their best overall top to bottom wrestling pay per views. Which that's one thing. But you know we've said it week in and week out. And I know people get tired of hearing us say that five star matches don't equate to television ratings, and they don't. But I think this pay-per-view is coming at a wrong time. I think they're purposely- It was too quick also. Yeah, right? and I think I think they're purposely holding back MJF. If if this is a work, which majority of us think think it is, um you know, would you waste MJF on a for, forbidden door type pay-per-view when you know the only match really on this pay-per-view, I know they announced a buy-in where you have the gun club and uh, it, it's going to work the New Japan Dojo guys, but the only match on this card are re- that's that's really AEW versus AEW is Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. Yeah. So MJF being on this pay per view probably doesn't make any sense at all. No. Uh, this is I would if it was me, of, Coop. Yeah. And they won't do this. They won't do this because <laughs> Tony doesn't. I would have MJF come out and hijack it. Well, in the in the main event for the interim AEW title, I'd have him just a li- like beat down both guys with a you know a weapon from behind and then just walk out. And they and they would just have to like both guys get stretchered out and they don't have. But he wouldn't do that. That's a WWE thing they would do on the <laughs> network, right? Because the fans would crap all over that. But because that they wouldn't get a champion. But I don't know. The fans might sort of like seeing MJF. I, it would kind of be funny, but there's no way that'll happen. I think you're right. I think they wait for a better a better time. But God, it does. I do feel a little bit bad because I would have loved to see some of the top from New Japan against the top from AEW. We're gonna get some good matches still with some really good workers, but so little of this has any build whatsoever. Like none of it. Yeah, and you've, you've had there. There's been. There's injuries on the New Japan side. As yeah. of oh, late Wednesday night, early Thursday, there were, hey, uh, there's some guys. But, I, I mean. Ishii just got removed from the uh, four-way four match. Yep. And Moxley and, and 
Tanahashi is going to be fine, but you have an interim AEW world title. Okay, <laughs> if, we, just... if we, if we, let me, this is consistent, right? What is the one thing we always hate that they do with the champion and a contender before they wrestle in a title match? Can they coexist? <laughs> and they team them up. And yeah. we always complain when they do. We That's hate a bad WWE. WWE does it all the time. And unfortunately, because right here, they had to try to use Chris Jericho to kind of be like a heel to help build this feud. There were so many moving parts because of like the injuries that, you know, the I, I like what Moxley was trying to do to build up this feud. Moxley yeah, cut yeah. a couple of good promos. Moxley was trying to make Tanahashi seem like a really big deal and important. I think he did that. But but like I said, then they put them together. They have them team. And then <laughs> after the match, after they're teaming, then they're in a situation where they're just like a stare down in the ring. But as they're staring each other down, there's 75 things happening outside of the <laughs> outside ring. Outside the ring. So it's like, that doesn't really even get focused because it's like a melee of stuff happening with all these different parts. And then I'm doing the same thing in my head right now. I'm trying to do the math with all of this stuff. Like, okay, so who's facing who? <laughs> and it shouldn't be this hard. But but unfortunately, it is like Darby Allen cuts a promo last night where now he and Sting are going to be uh, on the show and both and the young bucks too cuz the, they both kind of say the same thing. You think we weren't going to be on the show? It's like they kept looking down and going, "Uh-oh, we don't have everybody on the show." Like this is this is a gripe that I have with any wrestling company and Chad and I, if you're listening, have had with with a lot of WWE shows. Damn, no builds. Dang, they added two or three more matches right before. Why couldn't they have just added this match 2 weeks ago and then give us like a week or two in between to sort of build the match up? I don't I don't like that. You have TV, you have the opportunity to build these things up. You're trying to do too much. We had AEW this week where you know they're doing a few things on on the show that unfortunately don't have a whole lot to deal with, even little things like they got they have a promo from Jay Lethal talking about Samoa Joe and stuff. Like they're not on this card anywhere. No. That I mean that was was that a minute long, whatever it was, but now you could have used that minute for something else. Yeah, yeah, and they've been doing this a lot. That's the one, that's that's probably one of been one of our bigger complaints with AEW every Wednesday night was just too much in two hours. I mean, that's that's what it breaks down to. Um, you know, you you just have to wonder: Are they okay with the way things are? Um, are would they think if they started changing things towards? That even with an inch of this is kind of like the E, uh, WWE, uh, would they think their fans would turn on them? Um, you know, over, over, look, social media. Uh, see, is, and is, I don't think, and what's, what's, what we're finding out is I think they are sort of getting a little bit greedy with how they treat their fans because they just sort of expect some of their fans like, Hey, we know we're going to have seven or 800,000 that are extremely loyal. They'll always buy all of our tickets at shows. They'll sell all, we'll sell a lot of our stuff out, but 
they're not growing a whole lot. And we've been talking about this for a while. And so I, I just am frustrated with a lot of things here, but are they just going, well, I, our fans are going to be so happy that we have this wrestler versus this wrestler. And they know it's going to be good when these matches start. And most of them are going to be fine with it. But man, we needed some more video packages here, Coop, this, these last few weeks. We needed some stories being told. We needed to find out more about these people from New Japan, who they were, if they've ever interacted with some of the guys they're facing before in the past. Like That kind of stuff is necessary in, in this particular setting when you've got an entirely new company over. I get it if they don't want to do that day to day, week to week. They don't do any video packages. They never recap anything. Poor Excalibur, they make fun of it now. They have one segment on the show that's like two minutes, and he has to try to run through every single thing happening on every card coming up for the next two weeks. And then by the time <laughs> yeah, he's every done— every show is named or in themed yeah. now, it seems like, with AEW. Like, next week is Blood and Guts, right? And then, uh, we just something. came from Road Rager. Right, we're having we Blood and Guts. Well, is, that a, is that a pay-per-view? No, it's no, Dynamite. It's just, Wait, yes, what? Dynamite. Then Friday night is something, something rampage when they do it live or, or even when they tape it. So do you think they've done a good job with a match tournament style with um, this new, uh, what is the official? All, all Atlantic championship. Okay. So yeah. Po- positives with this. Okay. Um, Miro is on a roll right now. He seems like he is over as hell. I, I think you strap this thing on him and you let him run with it and let him act like this is the best title, the big, the, like the most important title, which honestly think about the titles right now and who has them. There isn't an AEW title. It's there's going to be an interim and right. it, th- this thing could feel legit. Um, Clark Connors is apparently going to be filling in. And again, th- that just is a, like a bummer. Cause we won't know anything about him. It's going to be Miro Pac and Malachi black as the others. It's a good spot. For Malachi Black, but isn't it funny we got three WWE former WWE <laughs> guys in this match and Clark right. Clark Cotters. But I actually this match. So the a couple of the matches from the top. So Moxley Tanahashi, we talked a lot about that. Th- that'll be a good match. Moxley's gonna win. I they're not gonna have Tanahashi, and there is a at least a little bit of history because Moxley has trying to be get, trying to. Uh, has tried to get a match with Tanahashi the last few years, ever since he left WWE. And there was like one or two times where they were supposed to. And I think Tanahashi got hurt and then they had to call an audible. And then there was another time where the plans changed and they ended up. So this is, there's at least something there with these guys. And Moxley has been really cutting awesome promos as of late. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with this match. I think it'll be good. The four way. For the I think I- uh, Gino's a, a slim two fifty minus two fifty favorite. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you have loved to? What a bummer it is to not have an opportunity to have this version of Moxley in the WWE. I know, like like what Seth Rollins has turned out to be. Roman I know. Re- just Th- this just guy. I, I was thinking the exact same thing when I was listening to his promo last night. So, look, and I'm not a taking a little edgier, maybe AEW, but wouldn't it just feel so much bigger? Even if his name wasn't Moxley, if he goes back to his, you know, the WWE moniker, wouldn't, wouldn't it just feel he would be that much of a 
bigger international star than what yep. he is in AEW. Yep. I, I just had to throw that in there. And, really, and I will. And look, and that's a dig. And that's a dig at WWE guys, AEW fans. That that's a dig at AEW. Yeah, WWE, I was going to say because right? that's a good. That's a good on. And I agree with you because we've said it, and it's not a. And any AEW, like, if you're just a fan of AEW that listens and you don't really, lo- like, love WWE that much, maybe you listen and you, you're you curious what, what, you know, what we tell you happens and maybe you can go back and watch something and or or maybe you just sort of like to, to hate listen to WWE stuff, you know, which is, which is fine. But that's a that's a positive on on AEW. And, sure. you know, AEW would say the same thing. Like, WWE has a reach that AEW doesn't have. They'll, right? And, and. You know, we'll, we'll we'll never have what what's built in with WWE because for years it's been wrestling has been WWE that WWF people just they uh, when they talk about wrestling how many people it's like a Kleenex right when someone says tissue it's you know it's it it's become sure. the brand sure. it's Good become point. people say WrestleMania are you watching a WrestleMania you know if they see wrestling on TV they you know it's like they associate it with um. Like that is wrestling, and so that's not a dig on them, but it is yep. a dig on WWE, like you said, because it does feel like AEW's been able to get the best version of John Moxley out oh, of Dean Ambrose. Thrived in, in this in, guy, like man, this, this, le- letting yeah. letting him be like this, just a little bit edgier, a little, and and it's not like too insane. No, because they've let Rollins. I mean, seriously, yeah. put the Rollins character to Moxley. I take the blood and the hardcore, some of the stuff out. There's a lot of similarities to them. Yeah. They just are to me. To me, yep. it just looks it's, like. So yeah, I, I, I wanted I, to put that out there that WWE really dropped the ball on this guy. Yeah, this. you're right because we're gonna we're gonna call it like it is. Always, we had a weird buildup for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match, and I think Adam Cole's <laughs> yeah. been kind of hurt. Then they sure. said Jay White comes out. Okay, first off, like three weeks ago, Hangman Page said. He wants Okada because Okada's the champ. Right. Then Okada loses the title to Jay White. <laughs> so then he says, Well, I screwed up, which was just funny. Like he it just was said pretty it. good, to be it honest. Was. I will. I agree. He he just sort of said, like, Well, I've been known to screw up before and I screwed up. Like I, I actually laughed <laughs> at that. And and I will sort of give him a, a maybe a little mulligan because Cole has been hurt and he hasn't been in the ring and he's been, they've been sort of dancing around. Jay White said he wasn't going to defend the title against either one of them. And so this was really, it was convoluted. It does get a boost with Okada coming and helping them. And sure. and Okada is is awesome. But again, if more people know Okada than a lot of the other wrestlers on this list from New Japan, just because of some of the stuff that he's done with Kenny Omega, and he's been involved in, in American wrestling and promotions and stuff years back. But if you were just watching this last night and you're you're seeing them in the ring, you just kind of heard Jay White for the last few weeks. Jay White's been okay with his build. It's not been the worst in the world. They haven't made him look like a joke or anything. And, but they but he hasn't necessarily looked like some awesome badass. And then Okada comes in and it's cool he makes the save, but there's probably a lot of people who were watching TBS on Wednesday night who like why who's this guy? Why am I supposed to care? I think that, and I think that reflected in the ratings. I, look, we know there was what game, was that game four? Yeah, it was game four, the NHL Stanley Cup pay, playoffs, um, which was uh, a fantastic game, by the way. But um, I, I just think that the go-home show, as you're, you're saying, 
is it was it was so convoluted with with so many people because a lot of these matches have multiple people in it. This I th- this match we're talking about here, Jay White, Okada, Page, Cole, will probably be fantastic. It's going to be great. I think White is a small favorite. Uh, he's the champ. I think he probably like, I, right. I don't. Th- I just don't see. I just don't any see of these titles changing really. No, I don't either. I don't either. Like what? What? They're not. They're not going to put it on Hangman Page or Adam Cole. Maybe they. But Okada just lost to Jay White. They're going to flip it back to Okada a week and a half later when they just had him beat him at their so, own pay per view. That wouldn't. Yeah, well, I don't. Is minus two hundred. Okada is plus two fifty. Then you have Page and Cole that are real, you know, you know, real big underdogs. Plus five hundred for Page and plus seven hundred for Cole. So that tells you right there that um, that White is is or Okada are, are your two winners. And if you look at this card top to bottom, uh, how many of these titles are really going to change? Is this one going to change? Maybe the women's title, which is an AEW only title. That would be one of the only ones I think. And we'll talk Tony yep. Storm and Thunder in a little bit. But what? Wh- why? You know, and they'll have a new belts. champ in the when the all uh, all Atlantic Championship. But I think every you, match, Gino, is pretty much a title match. Every match. Except for the eight man tag and then yeah. Sabre Jr. versus whoever. Yeah. yeah singles match. Yeah. And I think we'll get to that in here. We'll tell you who the hot, the hot replacement rumor is. I think like seven of them, right? Like six, <laughs> six or seven of the matches on the show. Yeah. yeah. And we, um, if you do plan on watching Forbidden Door and you want to go, I would recommend Jay White and Okada are awesome. Like those guys are badasses. I, I wish those two guys. And Tanahashi would just have better builds, and Will Osprey. Yeah. If if those if if those just like that group right there, not everybody needs to have incredible stories told. But if they could have picked like four or five over the last four weeks, and each of them appeared on every episode of Dynamite leading up, or at least a couple, and then cut some promos so they were on every episode, maybe there twice cut a promo or two that they could send in once or twice based on whatever their schedule was in Japan. That's fine. But we got so little of this. And then even in the last episode, it was being thrown together. I honestly don't know so many of the combinations because there's a few where we've got AEW and new Japan wrestlers teaming up against new Japan and AEW, which I will say this. I actually don't mind keeping the face, the baby faces on one side and the heels on one side, but they just threw all these people together. Why we don't know that they had any connection or why we didn't see any of it. Darby Allen had to cut a promo to tell us about it last <laughs> night and said, "Me and Sting, uh, yeah, Bullet Club, we're coming after you. We're gonna throw everybody down the hill, and we're coming after you, and we're bringing uh, Hiromu and uh, and Shingo." It's like, what? Okay. <laughs> and then the Young Bucks said, of course we're going to be on this show. We're the, you know, of course we are. What, we're the tag team champs and we're, uh, you know, we're part of the, you know, the, the GMs of this or whatever they, you know, whatever they said, they said, you know, like a heelish. And so they said, we're going to be teaming up with part of the Bullet Club. At least for them, it makes some sense because they used to be Bullet Club. They were Bullet Club. So they say for one night only, we're going back to the Bullet Club. That's fine. So sure. I won't critique critique that, but poor Darby's like mentioning names of guys that 
I can't imagine he know like it's like no. And Sting is they they wanted to get them on there. That's that's one of our matches. We even had last night they added FTR to the United Empire match. So now it's a three-way tag match that sort of kind of came out of nowhere and Rapongi Vice are in the mix there. So that was one that was recently added for the Ring of Ring of Honor World Championship and the IWGP Championship. So it's a three-way <laughs> winner take all for those two, which I mean, yeah, maybe, there's no I, I don't I, let's see. FTR is the the favorite. Mine is I would think they would win because the, just because of their build, but sure. And I think uh, Dax did he who Dax or Cash lose a singles match to this Wednesday night. It's a pretty good match, but I couldn't believe it. Jeff who beat him? Jeff Cobb? Yeah, Somebody yeah. beat him. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I don't <laughs> Yeah, that that's one that's that's had some I, again. It'll be a good match. Darby will do some crazy sure. stuff. The Young Bucks will do some stuff. I would have just liked. I'm I'm only saying this because I know how good some of them are in the ring, and I would just. I think it would be enhanced with better stories. That's all. Not. I I think the the matches would mean a little more to me as a fan who doesn't necessarily follow the New Japan product as much every day, every week. Wait a minute, and, Gino. You say you don't like the tag team names, the dudes with attitude. The dudes with attitudes, which is great. <laughs> that was what that was Sting in what Luger was that him and Luger? Yeah, I right. What? I think so. I think that's so. what they called themselves the other night. Is we got dudes yeah. with attitude? Darby Sting. Uh, that that's a Survivor Series thing, which I do sort of love. <laughs> I do sort of love. I do. You know, the ultimate maniacs, and we've got the foreign <laughs> fanatics versus you know, and uh, the dudes with attitudes. Yeah. So. Another one that they've just thrown together, uh, Jericho and Sammy Guevara, who, I mean, they did, they just sort of shoved him back with Jericho, which yeah, is fine. He's back. He's, he was under a hood, Fuego de Sol. Nope, that's Sammy. And he's, he's with Jericho. They're going to be teaming up with Suzuki versus Kingston, Wheeler, Yuta, and Umingo. And it's just, this is so thrown together. And, uh, you know, at least Jericho and Kingston have been sort of feuding, but then, you know, you don't have Daniel Bryan in in no, any this of this. Definitely, definitely a uh, a Jericho. That 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 team is definitely going over here. This is definitely a heels winter match. Look, I, no offense, Kingston and Yuta. Yuta, I think, is an ROH champion now. I think they said he's the ROH pure champion. Yes, there's, just, there's so many titles on I this. No, it gets so confusing. Up, but I, I, you know, look, I, I don't expect a whole lot out of this match. Um, there'll be some good spots, but you know, just hopefully Sammy Guevara and, and Ty Conti didn't go back to build this match. I mean, th- they could flip back next week, but this is a Jericho match win to me. I think they're heavy favorites. Also, I look, you know, I think minus 350, minus 400. I'm not expecting a lot out of this match. It'll be entertaining because anything Jericho does is worth watching to me, even at nearly 50 years old. I'm sorry, I, he's still. He's still one of those guys you want to watch, you know? Now, Sting, on the other hand, to jump back to the Sting match, they, I, I just don't think, as what WWE did not do for some people uh, and how great Moxley's character has been with AEW, I, I think Sting has fell real flat here. It just seems like he's, he's stale, the Darby thing. It's just now if you turn them, do we really care? But um, 
you know, this is another one of those matches here that I'll be invested because of Jericho. That's it. Him and Kingston will have a good spot. Kingston talks enough to keep you invested, but I don't think anything special going to happen here in this six-man tag. Just a bummer. Just a bummer. Um, you know, Orange Cassidy, Will Ospreay talked about that. Like, I, I don't like the spot for Will Ospreay. I have nothing against Orange Cassidy. He no. just came back from a return. He's not treated. He's treated like a comedy character, and that's fine. There's a spot for that on the card, but I don't know if you want it to be against one of the guys from New Japan that feels like a top guy who a lot of people here. He's one of the people that I would say most of the fans that were more like you and me know Osprey. Like they know of Will Osprey more than they know of some of these New Japan guys that they probably haven't seen a whole lot. They've seen Will Osprey in years past. And so I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to make him maybe a more focal point when he's at least someone who probably already has some built in like knowledge from your fans. And he's. Um... He's the Roman Reigns uh, favorite here. He, he's minus a thousand. He's not going to lose to Orange Cassidy. I you look. I love Orange Cassidy. I I, I thought um, this was going to be one of the top guys in AEW. Um, he he was. He, there was some injury bug issues, but I think he was kind of buried a little bit with this best friends uh, uh, gimmick. Uh, and he was kind of like the third will. Then they kind of teamed him with Chris Statlander for a while, and that didn't work. Um, and it, while his gimmick is fun, I don't think it works with a lot of people. It may be interesting and cute with with Osprey, but can you tell me that you're really excited about this match, Gino? I'm not. And I like both guys. I'm not. Orange Cassidy looks a hell of a <laughs> – that's the thing. Orange Cassidy is a hell of a worker in the ring. But I don't know if this gimmick works with Osprey the way they put this together, especially seeing that. Look, and I know a lot of wrestling fans don't give one iota about odds, but you know, you and I, <laughs> we do. Um, and opening it like minus six fifty, and now here we are, the night before, um, at minus a thousand. This there's again another match that's probably not going to do a whole lot. There'll be some interesting moves. Orange Cassidy will do his little gimmick shtick. Uh, the fans will get excited about it, but I, I just don't think it's going to offer as much as it could. And I'm, I'm with you. I, I thought Osprey should have been the one of the focal points here. I know you got to do the, the AEW interim uh, world championship, and that's your big thing here. But I thought your your 1A or your, your 2A or AB, whatever you want to do, your second choice should have been Will Osprey. Yep, I agree. Um, the that tag match that we talked about, I'm sure, should be great. Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb versus Dax and Wheel and Cash versus Rapungi Vice for uh, both of the tag team titles. And we already hit on the eight man tag match. There is the surprise match where, of course, Tony Khan loves to pump the surprises. So <laughs> they're going to have Zack Saber Jr. versus uh. Any surprise opponent because Brian Danielson cannot wrestle. He said he's handpicked someone. Any idea who who this is? Any guesses? Well, I have plenty of guesses. First, let's talk about uh, Brian Danielson. Uh, you know, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I, we, look, we don't like mentioning or reporting on hearsay and rumors, but he is legitimately hurt. 
Um, they did the angle in Houston, whether or not it was real or not, where his leg got caught uh, in the entrance ramp. That could be some issues there. Yeah, there's a lot of smoke coming from, you know, he he's been in concussion protocol. So it'll be interesting to see if he returns next week for blood and guts. I know he kind of, you know, led us to believe that he was, but we'll see. There's a lot of guesses, I, you know, whoever it is, the mystery opponent is minus 250. And I love a good when a TBA is, is your chalk in anything, uh, it, it, you know. Uh, who said it in our little group? This is a William Regal match. Yeah, I would love that. That would be really awesome. Really fun. That'd that be would cool. be really fun. Yeah, if Regal could come out and uh, give us. But like... you know what, Saber is going to be one of these guys. I mean, he's a good worker. Oh yeah, he's fantastic you know? worker. And if this is anyone, you know, whoever, whomever this is, I'm sure it will be a good worker. It's you just sort of we don't know what their track record of surprises. Some have been awesome, and, some and then have... others have been just total clunkers. And uh, one more thing to discuss about AEW before we, or, or Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm. What so, do you think here? Okay, so I think Tony had a match against Shafir on Dynamite, and it was rough. Shaf- unfortunately, Shafir's not very good. And so the match the, here's what's sort of weird the match wasn't great, but I liked Tony. I, I liked some of the things Tony did in the match, I liked the way she looked. I liked. Almost everything that they've done with her, except losing in the tournament to Britt. Why did they do that? Why did they have her lose that? I don't understand. The winner of the tournament's not even on this card. And she wasn't on the show again. We didn't hear or last week, right? On, on, was she on, on Dynamite? I don't think uh, so. No. No. And so I, if this was going to be your plan, even if you just want Tony to be the next contender, even if Tony is not winning this match, why not just have her beat Brit in those finals and then and then lose to Thunder Rosa? Because at least you built up a stronger contender. But like I said, I, I do think they've done a pretty good job with Tony, except for that. And I can't get that out of my head. It doesn't. Well, let me, let, let me ask you this before I give you the odds here. Um, do you think that we see a title change uh, with this match uh, on this pay-per-view this weekend? I do. Okay. What What well, are the odds? Do if you do, I need you to load up on Tony Storm. <laughs> oh, because she's the big dog. Okay. No, no, yeah, she's the big dog. She's plus three hundred. Wow. Rosa opened up at minus three hundred. She's minus five hundred. Look, and we've seen some WWE shenanigans with these betting lines. But okay, uh, I think I think. What do you think? Do you think do you think they have any t- any chance for Tony Storm? Or you know, I thought there was until I saw these odds. Unless you know, I, I I just I would think they need to get this belt off Thunder Rosa because I don't think they've done a good job with Thunder Rosa. No, uh, and she seemed a little disgruntled too, right? Yeah, she's been on shows. She's kind of tweeted some things, but we saw that with FTR and what happens. These guys here, and but, yeah. So my question is, my second question, the follow up would be. If she's not going to win, if Tony Storm doesn't win this, does this bury her? It's now she just one of the lock. Is it she just go to the end of the line, Todd? What do you do with Tony Storm? I know it, that's 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 why I think, and I'm sort of hoping she wins because we have been one of her or biggest you fans. Shenanigans, you know, you know, there's there's going to be a shenanigan or two in AEW. You could see Britt or somebody. Britt, I was going to say, was was Nyla it Rose, was it know? noticeable that Britt was absent this week? You know, or that we didn't have, we haven't heard a whole lot from her in the last little bit. Does she show back up for Schmaz? 
Yep. And then we end up getting a, a I don't know, three-way or triple threat, yeah. something. I could, I could see that, I but see I, that. I'd go with that. Yeah. 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 That's not a bad idea if they want to elongate it a little bit more, but I, I don't think you want Tony losing. No. Because she feels at least like sort of okay. Like you built up a decent contender right now, even though I'm mad about what they did a few weeks ago, they rehabbed her pretty well since then. They had yeah, her beat Brick. Look, look they, at the big look at the big debuts on the women's side for AEW. Okay. Movie. Over over the last year, six months year. None they just had they haven't ended very well. No. Tony started bad, but you're right. They've done very good with rebounding her. And, and here she is. Don't let her lose clean to Thunder Rosa because I think the fans are this again. I know Thunder Rosa's popular, but Tony Storm is too. And if yeah. Tony loses clean here, it could get it could get really messy again on that side of things. So one thing that's not really involved with this card, but I wanted to talk about Christian Cage's promo. Oh yeah, yeah which spicy. yeah. So first he's wearing this like turtleneck super heel, you know, and he's got this like orange jacket on top of it, which is great. And his delivery on this was awesome like he was mean and evil he gave good reasoning which was funny because it sort of played into what everybody was complaining about like why isn't christian wrestling where is he didn't he come here to outwork everyone and he said (laughs) i just wanted to ride on the coattails make as much money as possible do as little work as possible you think i came here to help other young guys and put guys over no i came here to make a bunch of money it's just I I thought it was great. Now, I will say, I'm an old school wrestling fan, so I don't mind super, super heel heat stuff. And I'd imagine if Christian's saying this, it all got okayed by Jungle Boy or they ran it by someone before you say something like this. But I would hope, good God. (laughs) Because he went hard at his family, you know. He hey, went look, at, I'm a big Luke Perry fan. I, me was, too. I, look, I was massive 90210. I mean, come on, man. I'm part of the Peach Pit crew. So, oh, look, yeah. Uh, yeah, this was, it had to be, right? This, this, well, is, this is professional wrestling. It had to have been approved. There was an old clip from, um, I'm not sure if you saw it on the floating around, from the Edge and Kristen show that they had on WWE Network uh, a few years back of the Remember of the awesomeness. show did not see this clip where you're going so, with this. So they had Luke Perry on for an interview, like on oh, via, wow via Skype. And there's a joke, like there's a joke about how Christian has a crush on him, and 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 like Edge keeps talking about it, and Christian's joking about how like you know, I mean. You know, you, you want me to fly out there? It'll only take me like eight hours. We can do the interview in person, you know. And Lu- and Luke's like, like acting like Christian's a stalker. It was really funny because somebody posted it and they said they said something like, "I love a long term storyline," you know, like a long term build. <laughs> it's like this is like years in the making, but it is. You know, he was like a, someone they made fun of as being a big fan of him. Um, so that's I I wonder if that's you know why he was like I'm gonna, but he said. You know, I I was sort of like a, a mentor, like a father figure to you, which you needed because you don't have a father anymore. You know, it's like really like, ooh, like taking some digs. <laughs> I, 
I, I did not see the clip. That's a. I'll, that's I'll send it to you. I'll, I, will. I will. I really dug the Edge and Christian show. I really, yeah. really. Liked it. Don't it was remember funny. Specifically, but kudos to Christian. Look, man, um, he came over. Remember, he debuted on the pay per view. He walked into the ring, didn't say a word, kind of put his hands up, and then he walked out of the ring. Uh, no bike time, and then he got thrust into the the title picture and ended up winning the Impact World Title. <laughs> And uh, it, it's kind of been a whirlwind. I enjoy Christian uh, as a heel much more than a face. I like the the tweeners with him and Edge, of course, because they were just fantastic together in, in WWE. But Christian as a heel, and this type of heel, um, this is MJF-ish to me. So it's, it, it's I'm glad maybe they they did it on purpose. Maybe it was it wasn't. Maybe this was accidentally done. But it sure. It sure helped. It's good. I'm way more interested in him now than I've been in a while. Oh, even with him with the titles. Oh yeah. Give me and and you know what? I'm now I'm way more interested. Like I want to see Jungle Boy Christian right now. You know, like I want to see that match. Like we like Jungle Boy. He just has been in a weird spot. Like all of their pillars. Think about it. The, The four the guys that we had said about a year ago. What makes AEW different from WWE? Is that they've got this group of really, really young guys that it feels like they're building around. And in a year or two or three, these guys are going to have had so many reps, they're going to feel like they're main eventers. Now tell me right now, as we get ready to shift on over and start talking some WWE, who of the four pillars feels like they're in a better spot now than they were a year or a year and a half ago? And those four are Sammy Guevara, Darby Allin. Jungle Boy, oh, and MJF. Wow. Well, those one guys is quote unquote taken off the roster. <laughs> one isn't there. The other might be able to at like. I like where they're going with Jungle Boy. Like, I think this is going to be good for him, right? This is a, this yeah, is something they've he's been. He's a standalone guy to me. I know the Jurassic Express is a popular gimmick thing, but I think there there's no legs under that anymore. I just yeah, don't. I just don't. No, and they're telling at least with him. We, we've seen this story being told for a while, right? So he's been involved. They're going to turn Christian on him, and maybe this will elevate the both of them and put them both into singles, you know, contention for, uh, for you know, titles and, and feuds. But- See, here's the thing. You know, let me stop you here. Here's the thing. What you, you know, you've been saying this, and we've been saying this, but you, you explained it perfectly today. With a build, it's so much more entertaining and enticing to you to be more involved. Just the one Christian promo That's had it. me excited about Christian and Jungle Boy. Who we weren't caring about for that. We weren't camping caring about for weeks. We were saying they got to get the belts off of them because it's not interesting. They kept delaying this thing. They did it. Christian goes out and tells his mom, <laughs> you know, your son is a loser and a disappointment, and you have a mistake for a son. And then he says. I thought his mom was going to apologize to me for having Jungle Boy. It's like, oh my gosh, those are those are brutal. Which are, as a wrestling heel, I I enjoy, and like I said, I I wouldn't like it if if I didn't assume that Christian would not be doing that, and if he didn't run that by Jungle Boy, and knowing that Christian had a had a crush on Luke Perry, I'm sure this was something that was all worked out. So, um. Yeah, that was a a lengthy AEW um, segment this week because 
there's just there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of things happening right now, and they had the build to their show, which has been just kind of a convoluted, wonky build. And it's a dream show on paper, but it just probably doesn't have a lot of the the pairings that people might have hoped for a few months ago. So you know it's going to be long. Oh yeah, ten matches on the card. Every and they're going to want to get everybody a chance to get theirs, to get their ten or fifteen minutes in at least. So that's coming up this weekend on Sunday. Later on tonight, as we record on Friday, we'll have another episode of SmackDown. Let's quickly talk about what happened last week, where we had Madcap Moss beating Baron Corbin, and hopefully that's it for him. Should he? Does he have like a qualifier for Money in the Bank or something? Anything coming up soon? He feels like he should be in there, right? Uh, uh, may, it may it might be also. Uh, yeah, it could be. I think so. I feel yeah. like it. Yeah. So he, I, I, I'm get. You know, they had another Corbin thing here. We need them to get away from each other. But Madcap feels what he needed. I think he got. He got a little bit more of the edge, and he doesn't have to. I'm not talking about Adam Copeland. Uh, he's, but I'm talking about <laughs> the edge. You know, uh, not on this day, but uh, actual. <laughs> I said clearly uh, a, a little bit of a intensity, a little more toughness, and he can still be goofy. But we know he can flip the switch a little bit. So I think he feels like someone who should be slotted in that match. I would. Right. We said it a couple of weeks ago, uh, or a couple of months ago. Um, the dude can go. I he's impressed yeah. in the ring. And then, then they stretchered him out. And then he came back a week or two later. We we thought we were it's just gonna be madcap. And I, I you know, I think we still got some moss stuff hanging around. Um I, I and I said it, I, I've put my neck on the line uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think this guy is going to be a a future big time star in the WWE. I think he's got the look. I think uh he's a prototype WWE. Um, uh, type guy, but if 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 the early booking is wrong in his career, that that does a lot of damage for guys in the WWE because their fan base is so strong um, on that level. <clears throat> if they bury a guy, so does the fan base, and it's hard it's it's hard to recover from. Uh, I, I think this guy deserves a spot in this match. Plus, it would be something new. And we're not going back to an old name that's that's just, oh, well, let's just put Corbin in this match. Oh, let's just put so-and-so in this match just to fill a spot. Let a yeah. guy go in there and do it who's got a build and, and, and who's got some pot behind him. That, I, I think that's a perfect scenario for him. It would look good for him to be in the match with a couple of those other, you know, with Rollins and, and Drew and, like, those guys, too, just to sort of mix it up with them. You know, sure. I think it would be good for him. So I'd I'd love to see that happen uh, for him. If not, I don't know. Maybe they go in the direction of like him being a, a guy that challenges Gunther for the IC title or something like that. I sure. that could be fun. But I don't want him to lose right now. I I kind of want Madcap to continue to get built up a little bit. I think he's got some good momentum. I I, I 100% agree. Um, now, <laughs> does he win the match? I don't know. I would love for somebody like that to win the match because. Then you go to a complete different direction. It's kind of like he could, he could have an awesome showing in that match and not win. Oh, 100%. Right. And that's, that's what, what I would expect. So I would, that's why I would put the guy in there. Cause he's awesome. The he'll look athletic. He'll do a couple really great feats of strength. And then, you know, you could show his clips again and then you could start building him for whatever's next. He was just a, came up a bit short. He was in the ring with a bunch of former world champions. It, I think it would go really well for him. Um, I gotta say one thing I like 
One thing I'm a fan of right now is the <laughs> dancing freaking Shanky. I, I I was gonna, it makes me pop. I love me the dancing Shanky. He starts to dance Ooh. and he gets yelled at by Jinder. And then afterwards he starts dancing with the, the ring announcer sometimes. Like, give me, I, this is not going, but I will, I had to mention dancing Shanky because he pops me. And the, what really pops me is, is uh, McAfee. You know, like when yeah. Shanky starts to dance, McAfee will, he goes nuts. He's like, Look at on. big man dancing. He's getting the groove and he's shaking it. He just starts. Yeah, because look, it's a perfect it fit. Because look, you remember we remember Tyrus, right? And he would dance like the dinosaur. Uh-huh. We all pop. Remember Rikishi? All the pops was was Scotty too hotty. Uh, the worm doing all. Look, there's a place. There's a place in time for that. This and I think truth. this fits. I think it fits this guy. Me too. You know, if he just he, go out, the, if he just goes out there and does his thing, he, wins a squash or two, loses this, eh. But now he's got some kind of little silly gimmick behind him. It's something it's, we want to see. The kids dance. And you know what? It came kind of natural. That's why I like it. It yes, didn't feel like it was point. really forced, and it was like. He's doing this dance thing where it's like, oh, this guy doesn't want to be out here dancing. It sort of popped up, and I I think he's having fun with it. He sure, so. he sure looks like he is. This is the most <laughs> – well, because if, if you're him, and now all of a sudden, like you said, before you were just the big guy that comes out behind gender, now at least you've got something. Right. And sometimes that's all you need is to get a little opening to get more opportunities, and now he's going to get more matches because of this little dancing thing. He's going to be in the ring more like we saw, and he'll get to at least show off if he's got a little something. So (laughs) let me, let me see this big man dance a little bit. We got Raquel Rodriguez to qualify for the money in the bank. And um, so we got Raquel and Lacey. I think we've qualified on the SmackDown side. And then we, uh, we had Roman beat Riddle, which I mean, Riddle's been awesome, but then, Riddle with a weird loss on Raw Which we'll get to in a minute So he's in this title match against Roman And then we're going to see him Just a few days later Lose to Omos Horrible, horrible I, I hated that No other place I, I know they're kind of doing the injured thing here I can't remember if he had his rib taped ribs taped Yeah he did, he not. had his stomach taped up I and... don't, don't like that gimmick I just don't Um Man, it's a bummer that Orton has been injured. I know because uh, it changed things up for them too. It did. It, it really has sent Riddle into a, a, a kind of with not him himself, but just his storyline with things. Um, I, I don't look. The loss to Roman does absolutely no harm, no foul, no. and it's, it's great. Like because he looks it, capable in a like in a main event match on TV, which got a match that got great ratings. Uh, uh, that show got awesome ratings and they actually got higher ratings than they were initially thinking sure. they got like a boost when the, uh, the next wave of ratings came in. And then we have, you know, Brock coming out. So before we make the move over to raw, we'll talk a little more about riddle in a minute. What do you think about Brock being the guy? Like we said, things have all changed for them because this was supposed to be Orton and they were going to tell a different story with Orton and with riddle Orton's hurt. And it might be, Pretty serious, you know. He might be out for the rest of the year, unfortunately. Yeah. If if the reports are true, um, that if it's a back issue and he had any sorts of back surgery, um, 
that that's not a quick turnaround for anyone. I don't care in any sport uh, or someone that's not even in a sport, just uh, average Joe. Once you start having back problems and you have back issues, uh, it, it shortens your your career. Uh, and that's why I said I hate it for those two because they were really really fantastic together, and we were so used and so good, you know, seeing them together when Orton goes away. You know, now Riddle's kind of left out on his own, so it's really hurt him. I think not only did the loss uh, look bad on Riddle, it does absolutely nothing for Omos. I think that, that I think this guy is in trouble. I don't think they're. You could put the money in the briefcase on this guy. He can come in I, and I don't, be the guy that beat Roman. I don't. Do we want to see him in no. the Money in the Bank? No, because he scares me that he he could win the damn match, man. I know because he's not even someone like that's a big guy like a Strowman or something that has been like athletic even that we might be able to see do something crazy in a match like this. Like they're gonna have to have people work the match around him. You know, like he's like he's like an extra ladder in the match, yeah. <laughs> and you know it's like oh man, yeah, I just I don't. So we got right now we've got what Omos, Seth, and Drew and Sheamus. Yes. Okay. So I, we definitely have a couple more spots to fill, but we'll uh, we'll continue on with Brock Lesnar. What do you think now? Oh yeah, Brock, yeah. So that's Brock's what we're going with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, why not? I agree. Um, there, there's I don't a mind. big void. I, I I know there was a lot of, of pissing and moaning from from you know who uh, crapping on this. But did here's the thing: Did you expect Brock to come out? No. And did you see the ratings? Yep, huge. There was a big pop. And it's closed. If you don't have th- this, wasn't Plan A. No, absolutely, it wasn't. So so Orton got hurt. They had to change some things around, and they say we need someone who can still get a big match, who might still have some like unfinished business from last time, right? Brock just lost and went away. We didn't hear anything after, so they he, they can at least build on that. And everyone will say we've had Brock and Roman so many times. I agree, but Brock's a different version of Brock now. This is like a, a you know a ba- like more of a babyface type Brock. So they've at least been different versions of themselves. And throughout all these iterations, I have no problem with this. I would you rather have Goldberg, you know, or versus, or someone like Brock? Would you? Like, and here's the thing: if if the person that was supposed to be slotted in this match was not going to win, would you want one of your other favorite wrestlers to get sort of shoehorned into that spot where where you know they're probably not going to win anyways, and it may not do a whole lot for them? I don't know. Right? Would you want? I don't, you want to put Lashley in there when maybe Lashley would be better off? Kind of, you know, you can make Lashley the champion again at some point soon on the, on the other brand if you want to do that. You know, I I don't know. Do you want to throw someone in there? Like, who would be even the the person on the roster right now that you would think of throwing in there? Do you want to go back to Seth again? I don't know. I don't think Seth looks as strong right now recently with what no. he's been through with Cody. I think you probably want to. Build him back up. Cody, yeah, Cody would have been the one that they may have gone to at SummerSlam. Cody's hurt. They may they might have done that. I actually could have seen them say, you know what? We were gonna do Orton. He's not here. Let's look around. Let's just bu- let's just move Cody's up. Let's just have Cody win in a big show at SummerSlam. You know, but he's not there. 
So who else? Like who? Who else would even make sense for them to slot in? You want to go to Edge again? He just got turned as a babyface. It looks like AJ is going to be having like a storyline redemption. Drew, they're obviously waiting for Drew to do the show in the UK because that makes sense. Right. Who? I I don't even know who else there would be. So I don't. I don't. I didn't really understand the complaint. No, and I I, I, I just I think it was a re- just another reason to to crap on you know who and it's it sure WWE is giving you look whether some of the stuff is true of what's come out or, or, or it's not they they the WWE gives them gives people plenty of stuff to crap on about but one thing you can't crap on is Brock Lesnar because no we, we all said. The road to WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar, him giddy up and having a good time, not needing, you know, Paul Heyman on the mic, laughing, beating the crap out of people, was the best Brock Lesnar we have ever seen. I, I think, uh, I, I think no one can argue that fact that this was. You talk about somebody having fun on the mic with things and, and fun with their their gimmick. I, no one saw a more happier Brock than what we saw with the road to WrestleMania with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, Heyman turning on Brock. So I, I don't see what the complaint is. I like the fact they went to the next best thing and didn't go, okay, we can put Ricochet in there or, okay, let's go to Seth again. Uh, you know, okay. You know, you know, I, I just kudos to them because I'm, I'm, I, I'm afraid I just have this strange feeling that Omos is winning that money in the bank briefcase. I don't know what kind of strange build is going on with him, but uh, I'm I'm intrigued with Brock Lesnar back because that that's extra motivation because there's, there's a storyline that probably won't end. We love Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. We, we just, we, we've loved their matches. There's nothing ill we could say about it. And I, you took the words right out of my mouth. You rather Goldberg be in this match? Hell no, hell no. I, I, I kudos to WWE for this. No one was expecting Brock Lesnar to return on Friday night. No one. Yeah, and I'm fine with this. Um, let's move along to Monday Night Raw. Another instance where, unfortunately, WWE has to call an audible. Rhea Ripley, who was someone that we. Uh- we yeah. thought was going to win the title. I mean, I, I think she was. It looked oh, like I she was pegged. Too. She looked like she was pegged for it. Bianca Bianca was a little cold, but what we had said with Bianca all along was all that Bianca needed in the story with Becky was to finally get the win over Becky. That's all it was. She just needed to get it back for everything that Becky had put her through all along. And once Bianca got that on the big stage, they didn't really have a whole lot else set up for her. And then... Rhea became a little bit more intriguing recently when they turned her and she's been doing since about the Royal Rumble. She they quietly have done a really good job with Rhea. Yes. They made her look strong again there and then she's looked good in the months leading up, in the months since. She had the 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 fun stuff with Liv which wasn't bad and I think a lot of what she's done has been good. So it's a bummer that she's not there. So they have to find a new Number one contender And like this is what I was talking about What they were What they ended up having to do on the women's side Instead of bringing a Brock Lesnar back They had to sort of fill in with someone that I think Carmella does a fine job I think Carmella is very improved in the ring She's good looking Great like She does really good character work But I don't think anybody thinks Carmella is going to win the title No But they 
Hill. And, yeah. you know, she's been off TV for a little while. I, she's I, kind I, of I, fresh. I don't mind I it. I love the fact that damn mask is gone. I, 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 look, I, I'm not a Corey Grace fan. Have nothing against him personally. I just don't like the way he delivers things and tries to take over the broadcast. I think he does a little too much. But he had a great line in this match. He's, uh, I, I think it was Saxton who may, could have been Jimmy Smith who mentioned that her mask, you know, was gone. And Grace quickly responded with, I've taken an expensive insurance policy out for her. So mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a pretty cool uh, line there. But I, a good call here. Who do you, who do you want? Do you want Asuka to be in this match? She's no, you don't want her to lose. Becky's just been there a few times. Alexa You're probably Bliss, saving they're, that. They're and trying to rebound her, which I, I'm, you know, you don't want her to get put in this. Like Alexa and bury her and you know? Liv both. Like Alexa, I mean, and Liv, or Liv feel like they're. This is what I I I like about the women's roster right now is that. It's funny because I think Becky is going to be in sort of in, in a weird spot. She I, is. I, I yeah. feel like she'll probably find a way back into this match in one of those like last chances or something. But right now, she's the odd woman looking out. She's not. In, she didn't win, so she's not facing Bianca for the title. And then she lost to Oscar later in the night, which is always great with those two. And she lost in a Money in the Bank qualifier there. So as of now, Becky's not on the card. But I do think Alexa. And Liv are like quiet contenders for the money in the bank. Either one of them would not shock me at all. No, and we've seen Alexa win this thing before, and we really mm-hmm. like first thing with Becky. Um, isn't she doing fantastic work too? She with is losing. It's this great. Is She's why nuts. Have, her and Seth have, are like feeding oh, off man. of each other almost too, right? Like, like who could do it better? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I think she's. This is some of her best work on the mic. And that goes to show you, you can be in spots where you lose and still come out stronger than the match before. And that's credit to her because I've said this before on, on, on this week in wrestling. Uh, and that's hard to do. A lot, a lot of guys and girls can't do that. So credit to Becky. I'm with you. I think we're building Alexa or Liv back up to win it. It's a feel-good story. Uh, I, I feel bad that you can't have two winners. Um, you know, they team them up to where both are automatically, whoever wins the tag match between her and uh, uh, who who was it? Nikki and uh, I know a real name, Piper Nevin. Um, uh, Dewdrop, that's a stupid name that we're still calling her. You know, you yeah, team them no, together. I, I don't think that was coincidence uh, that they were, uh, or was it a coincidence that them two were together in that tag match? No. It, it, I think one of those two, I don't care what their odds are, if I could find a book to take my bet on the women's money in the bank, unless they bring back somebody that, uh, you know, who we heard that could be released or not be released, my money is, I, I, I would I would hedge both uh, to win that because I like what they're doing here. There's something like weird about the the like the Alexa character right now, you know, yeah, because it's it's, it's, it's too, too it's so plain. Yeah, well, no, it's it's almost yeah. like plain, right? She's just yeah. being like, she's not being. It's like that they're waiting for something, you know. There's like I, I feel like something's gonna come, either a big turn or I, I think it's gonna come in that Money in the Bank briefcase. I do too. Something. It feels like there's something with Alexa that that could happen. So. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I like what they've been doing with Alexa and with Liv. The women's division is very interesting. They open and closed the show. Um, we talked Omos Riddle, but gosh, you know, I just, That's I, a, uh, a tough one. I think if they tell the, if they're telling the story that Riddle is banged up, but they end up having him win the briefcase in the long run. Okay. I, that's the only way I'm okay with this. I think, I think he's winning it, Gino. I I just, I'm going to, that's my early call here. I think this guy wins it. Riddle? No, no. I think Omos. You think Omos wins. Okay. Yes. Unfortunately. If we get, and if we get that, I'm going to be mad at you for manifesting it, but I will give you major props and I will, ca- I will send you the cash for your wager that you put yes! on. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, but if, if it's riddle in the long run, if we get riddle to qualify in like a last chance match, you know, week, they're going to have, you know, they're going to have those matches. We absolutely. Yeah. There'll be one or two of those. If he gets a qualify and then he's in and he's doing the injury thing, then he gets in there and they have Omos in another heel throw him into a ladder on his ribs and then he gets carted out and then Riddle comes walking back in, you know, and he's all banged up and he climbs the ladder. Then I'm fine. If that story doesn't get told, I'm going to be mad that they did this because <laughs> like, I just don't think they, it's worth the investment for Omos like it is with Riddle. I I, I'm, I can't argue with that. With that. I, I, Maybe they're just putting. How many big men did you do you know have competed in the Money in the Bank ladder match? I don't know if the Big Show was ever in it. He could have been. Somebody. You know what? You know. You know what's funny? I remember one of them when he was in. Do you remember? Because he had to get that um, huge ladder. That's right. Yeah, that superimposed ladder that he had to bring out that that had like the bigger steps so they wouldn't break when he walked on it. Do you think we could see that again? And I'm going to give maybe, you credit if that happens. Maybe. if we, Okay, so if that happens and Omos is in the match and doesn't win, I'd pop for it. Okay, I'd you've heard it here spot. first, right? You've you heard had it heard it here first. That was a good effort. We we teamed yeah, up yeah. on a couple things to, uh, yeah. to, to get there. Yeah. there uh, so Dawkins picked up a win over Jey Uso, which is kind of good because generally it's not Dawkins that's picking up wins. So I think this is fine. And... I don't mind the singles guys beating a tag team in singles matches. I'm fine with it. I just don't like when we do the contenders matches and the Street Profits beat the Usos and now they're the number one contenders and they're going to have a match in a couple weeks. When when you do it this way to build up the match and you have singles wins, I'm fine with it. Yeah, we saw Montez lose uh, the week before. Um, I thought it should be flip flopped. Just because. I know that's why it was kind of weird, weird to see. Yeah, I thought Montez, but that's okay. Um, no, I, I'm fine with it. You know, it, it was a good, solid match for Raw. Uh, no complaints, and I, I, I've said it too. If you're the tag team champions, uh, it's okay to lose in singles matches. Just don't let them lose. Any champion does not need to be losing a number one contender series type match ever. No. But this is no. completely fine. No harm. We got to the gauntlet for Bobby Lashley runs the gauntlet. And, you know, some positives about this, right? This was like a total heel thing. But I don't I don't like for Theory, for theory to be the guy at the end. But I don't like him losing. Like, I would, I, I really, like, I, I think it could have been somebody else. Or really, really schmozzy, not via a pinfall. Even though it was a roll-up, I don't like him losing in this spot right before. It's a, it's just like what we were saying about the contender stuff. Why not have 
it get to Bobby Lashley. He's tired. He's beat down. And then you just have Theory get a chair and go crazy on him, right? And lay, lay, leave him laying out or have him have someone else come out and help him chomp. I don't know, whatever it is. But I, I don't like the visual of Lashley just pinning this guy right before, even, even though it's sort of a Weasley champ. Lashley's looking a lot better. And I, I'm interested in a lot of what Theory's doing, but this was just something that I wish they could have done a little differently towards the end. I see both sides of it. This this was pure dominance from from Bobby Lashley. And He's I, awesome. I appreciate what they're doing with that. I don't know how much dominance you need to to show for a guy that who's that dominant though. Um, another concern was uh, that was like a minute or two. There there wasn't very much um, between Lashley and Theory. Um, I, I see both ways. I see it's a weasel guy. He's the champ. He gets beat. I don't like the fact that Lashley had to go through several people and still beat him this easy, even though, you know, uh, Theory tried to take advantage. Uh, but it just, man, I just, do you see Bobby Lashley winning this title at Money in the Bank? I do not. No, I don't. That, I, I, I really don't lost. need him to. No, yeah. And I think it should be schmozzy. And maybe that's why they didn't have it here because it's going to be a schmozzy ending there. That's a good, that's a good because point. Could, very well could be. Theory is good as a he's a good heel with this title right now. I think it fits him well as like a mid card title with a guy that they like. They obviously have a lot behind, and I want to see him get punched. So I want to see him get his ass kicked in here. But I don't know if Bobby Lashley necessarily needs that title right now. I'd like to see him vaulted back up and not that long back into the main event. Yeah, he needs to be. I, I I don't. Here's the thing: if if it's gonna have to be a schmozzy finish to protect Bobby Lashley, I think so. Because if it's anything clean, where, where the no. hell does Lashley go from here? No, yeah, I, you you, you I, do it schmozzy. And... Yeah, and I don't know what happens with with what 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 happens if Lashley does win this title. Theory has been wasted. He can't come back to this. And I would think, you know, Theory mentioned John Cena again. That's why yeah. I would have waited. To let Cena do a type of win on Theory that what we just saw with Lashley, I agree. That's what I would re- rather seen. Yeah, I agree. I you Cena was someone who could come and maybe win, beat Theory, and then maybe Theory could get the win yeah, back the next night or theory, something like that. Theory, theory cut a promo on him. Monday. Yeah, and Cena's about Cena, so that Cena said something too, and it would be you know even when Vince came out on Raw, didn't he say? That theory was, or that Cena was the greatest WWE superstar of all time. You know, isn't that something that we could see pissing off theory? Him coming back and saying, Vince said you're the greatest of all time. I'm going to beat the greatest of all time that Vince, you know, just to show Mr. McMahon. And uh, Vince, what the hell are you doing on TV again? Like showing up? Like, dude, stop, stop showing up on TV right now. Off the steps, and then that just a sea of memes with him jumping off the steps to took over wrestling social media for a week now. Matt Cardona was all over that. <laughs> I I, I know. know. It I just, was. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not laughing at, of the seriousness of it. I'm no, just it's just, just. It's just the I, the gall of him. That's some cooth. I know. He just does. He is. He's just so trolling right now. He does not give two f's. He I, just wants to let everybody know, look, I'm Vince. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Try to stop me. You know, try to. And, uh, um, shout out real quick, though. I just wanted to mention this while we're on it. So 
tough day today, just politically. There's some bad stuff going on in the world the last couple of days. And of course, uh, when whenever there's something weird happening, you know that Glenn Jacobs, Kane, is going to make a comment <laughs> on the wrong side of it. You know, so so Britt Baker makes a comment right after a quote tweeting him and just says, "No wonder you couldn't cut it as a dentist," which oh, is great. Oh, that's just funny. A, sh- a shout out to Doctor Isaac Yankum, DDS. So <laughs> I love. I love that from Britt, who we were just talking about. There's Britt. You know, there, there she is, so showing her face on this week in wrestling. So uh, Britt Baker uh, diving off the top rope with an elbow drop here, getting the lockjaw in on old uh, Glenn Jacob. <laughs> the black glove. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of uh, two, a couple things? One, how they're handling Champa as kind of like Miz's sort of guy. Like, I, I'd like a bigger story for him, but I think... I think they just kind of have a, like respect for him. They want to give him a spot right now, and they feel like, hey, he's on Raw wrestling matches. Would you rather? Is it better than being on main event? That like there are a lot of other people, and and you know, I, I saw people said, oh, AJ and doing something with the Miz, this and that. Got to remember that Miz is someone that they like a lot. They put Miz in big feuds quite often on. Because Miz can carry the ball for them And he does a lot of great work with the promos So I don't think this is like A bad thing for AJ And I like the fact that they're mentioning Some of his losses, some of his struggles And maybe this is sort of like a start For a build back up for AJ I, I Look, there's a lot of people that That hate the Miz How it started MTV Road Rules uh, The Diva Search uh, there's a lot of people, and, and sure, I could see some reasons why, but let me tell you something real quick. Um, I remember interviewing, I, I've interviewed The Miz a few times over the last 10 to 15 years. Um, I remember s- specifically asking him, you know, how did you manage to get respect from the locker room after all the things that you've done to get into the wrestling business? And some of the, the, the blown gaffes that you've done and I, hate him all you want. This guy gave a fantastic answer. Number one, he's a hard, hard worker. Okay. Whether you like him personally or not, take that out of it. The dude has become a bona fide star. How many people on the WWE roster, Gino, or the AEW roster for that fact, has a damn reality show on the USA Network every week in like the third or fourth season. Enough said. Enough said. I no, think I, that there's nothing wrong with this. No. And it's I good. Think it's, this makes Ciampa look really, really good. I think this was the strongest Ciampa's look since coming out. I agree. Of the roster. And he, this is a good, this would be a great role for him being like a, a guy for the Miz. Miz is all Weasley. He needs a hired enforcer. Champa's a great, that's a great role for Champa right now. No, if you are a fan of Champa and you're concerned about this or you don't like the way he's been using, be, the way he's been being used, just keep in mind, think about some of your fan or your fan favorites that might have been in NXT or in other places that you thought when they left WWE might get better opportunities. This guy is like three or four weeks in a row now, been on TV. Wrestling matches, and he's in—he's involved in something. We—they haven't really explained what, but he has some sort of an attachment to the Miz. It seems like, and I hope they—they they tell that story. So I like what they've been doing with Champa. 
Is he going to be winning the world title tomorrow? No, but not everybody can do that immediately right now. He's in a good spot, and we're seeing him wrestle. That's what we wanted. So uh, shout out to Champa, and I think Miz and AJ will have f- fun uh, with Miz's tiny little popcorn balls. And uh, look, Miz- if, they, if the WWE didn't like you, you wouldn't be on TV. No, you'd be on that. You'd be on main event. Yeah, they just uh, wouldn't uh, show you. They just don't. Or, or sitting just, in catering, right? They joke about it. Like you just. They yeah. they don't we have any reason. Yeah, they have no reason to push you or put you on their TV where there's millions of people watching for no reason if they don't trust you and think there's something. So would you would would you be okay with watching AJ and Choppa have another have a 15 20 minute match on absolutely. Raw this week? Absolutely not. Love I, it. I would love that. Love it. So AJ Miz look like there'll be something happening with these two and uh we yeah, so we had AJ versus Trompa, and then we had Oscar versus Becky, which we talked a little bit about. So one thing, uh, I guess one or two things that we didn't hit. One, we got Veer. I I will say Veer seemed like a lot better because he seemed just a lot more normal this week. Yes. He actually yeah. can talk pretty well, and so I don't, I'm not in love with any of this yet or any, but I th- it feels a lot better. Than it was just a few weeks ago. I liked this presentation of him the most that we've seen so far. I I like him as a man. I, I, I'm just gonna throw this out here. I think the guy would be a lot more likable as a face, dude. Have you seen him on social media? Yeah, he's fantastic. He's great. You know? He's good looking. He wears suits all over. He looks and like a million bucks. He does a lot of fundraising stuff. And I like think this guy, uh, you you talked about dancing Shanky on Friday night. So I'm not talking about dancing Veer. Um, but we saw the dirty dogs a couple of weeks ago, super kicking. And I think that was a teaser of, of what this guy is capable of. I think they're testing the waters a little bit. He came out doing a promo on one of those little side platforms out in the arena. Hence it wasn't backstage. I know WWE does not do a lot of taping pre-show stuff. They do, but not a lot. Um, the guy going out in the arena and getting an interview like that again, I don't know. I, I just think there's there's a, a, a good future for this for this guy to be a face in this company. I, I just I, I think he could really There's something be, there. There is. There is something there yeah. with this guy. Okay, so I know where we're going. I, I had saved it for last. I saved it for last because this is <laughs> we've got freaking Elias, we've got Ezekiel, we might have Elrod on the way. Maybe we get the three faces of Foley kind of thing. This That's is a good. That's good. Man, this is so good. This is awesome. The, like, I don't know. To, I know a lot of cynical people that don't love WWE. I honestly haven't heard that many critiques about this. I really haven't. Because I think. What what's really cool about it is the fans at all of the the buildings and the arenas are playing along with everything. That's what makes it better. And a lot of times, comparing the the two companies that we talk about, AEW fans they go along with the show. WWE fans sometimes don't. They will go their own way and crap all over stuff. But man, the fans are playing along, and that's what makes this so great. And you've got. Elias out there and they go nuts For Elias they go nuts For Elias and 
And then KO comes out. We've got Ezekiel in the back. They're sitting on the couch together. I mean, this has been really well done. And I I can't remember who said it. Somebody said it on. If this can lead to a cinematic match. (laughs) Yeah. Where they can actually do some like Elias and Ezekiel and El. I don't know, like Kevin Owens challenges all of them to a match. Okay, fine. It's me against all of you then. Okay. All of you, I could see him. You want to you want to prove it? It's all of us. And they do a cinematic match where they're all there and they're able to all cut it. <laughs> like, it hasn't gotten annoying. This is the type of thing that WWE could really make bad after one week or two. They've played this so well, Chad. I, like, I just laugh thinking about it. KO has been spectacular. He's Again, awesome. we, we mentioned it. Um, there's not a lot of guys or girls that can be involved into a storyline like this and pull this off. I like the line. He says, you know what? You know, anything you can do anything these days for God's sake. I just watched a movie about dinosaurs and a T-Rex flying a helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it's good stuff. And you know, there was a week or two where I thought, okay, we may be in trouble with this. If we don't get this Elias, somehow out and i think it worked perfectly he had the guitar the ring the fans popped um he sang the song owens is a liar the crowd was behind it and then he leaves and then out comes ezekiel with no beard on you know it's just it's fun and again you not this is you not just anyone can pull this type of gimmick off anybody you know someone good a good wrestler can get into the ring but i remember triple h saying a long time ago if you don't have the persona, you don't have it on the mic, no one's going to care. And he's true. He's right. No one's going to care. Kevin Owens is a complete package. We talk about people having fun with stuff. This is, uh, let me still, uh, Michael Cole's word. This is vintage KO here. I think he's, he's, he's having the time of his life, man. He's having a, he's having a great run uh, in this WWE uh, career of his, man. It's just it's phenomenal what this guy does week in and week out inside and outside the ring. Let's uh, head on over to talk a little NXT uh, before we finish up. So NXT from Tuesday, this one was weird. So Grayson Waller gets the win over Solo. It's almost like they've got something else planned for him. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Me neither. Like because this, at all. this dude, I said like two or three weeks ago, he's still hot. The crowd wants this guy. He's in great form right now. He's kind of like feeling it. He's good in the ring. He was feeling it on the mic. And I don't, not every good guy can win all all the time, but Grayson Waller wins with the rolling thunder. And I don't, yeah, this was, I don't, I, the match is fine. These guys are good, but they went cold on Waller for a little bit. And then they kind of started heating him back up. And, and why do you heat him back up in place of Sokoa, who was like the most over guy for a few weeks in a row? Yeah, even if it's just the what was it? How did he lose a, a exposed turnbuckle? I think. Yeah, a little, a little schmozzy. Yeah, I just, I, I don't Waller. Sh- I, even if you don't have anything for Sokoa right now, and I'm what I mean by that is, if he's not in a title picture, which there's two titles on NXT, he could be involved in. Hell, there's actually many now because we saw Brooks and Dunn over the last couple of days go across the pond and become NXT UK tag team champions, uh, which I thought was very, very strange. But uh, 
Sokoa is super, super over. And I don't know if you're do- – look, you just hear me out for a second. Do you think they would be doing this a little bit because he's more over than Braun Breaker and they're trying to get Breaker so over that you're making a couple of other guys in that same kind of capacity lose? I'm not saying they're doing anything intentionally, but there's not a lot of explanations here that that could be that you could sell me that why Grayson Waller defeated Sokoa in any form of fashion this past Tuesday night. I'm not buying it. We had a uh... So I, I do I uh, don't mind what we see happening with Tony D and the family, right? So he loses sure. in the North American Championship match because it's part of the story. We've got you know Santos throwing t- uh, throwing the weapon to Carmelo, and Carmelo ends up using it, and, and so they're telling the story of what's going on with the family. We like Tony D, but. I don't mind him losing here because he oh, feels like he's a big part of the show. Him and the Santos stuff, it's kind of fun. It's kind of interesting with the family stuff. They've had a build going for a while. I'd imagine we'll get to maybe a war games at some point if that's where they're going to go or, you know, something, some sort of big blow off. But what did you think about uh, the stuff with Tony D, the family? And, and that ended up being the uh, the main event match, Carmelo versus Tony D. I thought it was fantastic. Look, Tony D has, <clears throat> I said it last week. The week before, you know, there were a couple of moments where we go, man, this guy, you know, he came in and he had everyone against him. There was there was not a lot of people that liked Tony D. You and I, we were in the minority. Mm-hmm. Um, real cheesy, the walking down, you know, uh, Brooklyn Avenue, the pizza talk. Um, but this storyline uh, with, with the family has just been very, very good. It's been they've told it well and. Even more importantly, they've executed the matches in the ring. Uh, he's been very solid. This type of loss is not is not going to hurt him because you've got guys that are now quote unquote in the family that don't want to be there. They're trying to get out. So yeah. this is you know th- th- this is straight out of a movie. If someone has to be with someone else and doesn't like them, they're going to sabotage you. No, nah, it's fine. I, I I just I'd rather a loss like this than. Sokoa losing Schmazi to an exposed turnbuckle to a Weasley Hill who's been losing week in and week out. So no problems here at all. Fantastic work here. I'm anxious to see where it continues to keep going. So we got a vignette from J.D. McDonough, who was <laughs> Jordan Devlin before. This was a guy that when they had the um, was it the Cruiserweight Championship, uh, the yeah. tournament a few years back. He was someone they were really high on. He's been in NXT UK for a while. This was a guy that was like personally trained by Finn. And so they see a lot of uh, Finn Balor similarities here with him. So I'm, I'm, he, he's good in the ring and he's kind of like a, a dick heel, you know, that like there's, he's kind of got a little Grayson Waller in him, but I think he's, he's a lot better in the ring than him. Um, there's they got to find the right type of you know they just got to find it with him but I, there's something there with him so uh at least worth mentioning uh Devlin we then got Katana Chance and Caden Carter picking up a win over Ulysses Leon and Valentina Faraz so i mean this feels like one of the only real tag teams right now with the women i think i think they may be the team in a few months that has the titles and can run with it for a little while We'll probably get Cora Jade winning, you know, Cora and, and that team winning it once, and maybe they this team beats them, 
because I, those you know the team implodes a few months down the line. But I I like this team. I think that you want to keep building them because they feel like one of the true tag teams now that's still left around here. And again, if WWE didn't like you, um, number one, you wouldn't be on TV. Number two, they would have already split these these two ladies up and have them in singles competition. Just the single fact that these two have been together for this long in WWE and NXT is is something that speaks just for itself. Uh, they're good. Um, they're popular. Um, I think they have the fan support. I, I like the double team finisher, the 450 with the neck breaker. Um, you know, they, they feel really, really strong. They're kind of like the odd team out a little bit here um, because you do have toxic attraction with the titles and it definitely looks like uh, we're getting uh, a cash in uh, with Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade, as you mentioned, uh, which you see that uh, in the show. Um, I, I, I like toxic attraction a lot, um, but sooner or later, they're going to have to give up those titles. Um, who do you give it to first? It looks like Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez will probably get it first. Um, but it just shows you again. Uh, kudos to WWE, NXT, uh, the Performance Center, what they've been able to put out in this women's division has been very, very impressive from top to bottom. Let's uh, continue on with uh, where we're on NXT. Wesley, Wesley, man, like I'm like I'm invested in Wesley. Absolutely, like, I love th- this. Is one of these builds where it's like he's been about a month. They they told a great story. His partner was gone. He's been through. You know, it's t- it's tough because they were a really good tag team, and now he's got to start all over. He's a smaller guy. He you know had to kind of start from the bottom, and now. We're finding out more about him. Like he's telling their stories. He's getting, he just feels the word that I keep thinking about when I see him. He feels more comfortable right now. Yeah. yeah. In, in like who he's becoming as a single star. Cause he was always awesome in the ring, but on the mic, these guys were kind of funny or goofy. They'd say sort of one liners here and there, but he feels like he's like really finding his voice. I could see him being a, either, either one of the two champions. In a few months, I really could. I could see him winning, winning the title, or winning the North American Championship. Either one of them. I really think they he has that kind of a build starting, and he's I, people want to get behind him. He feels like one of those guys that people want to get behind and root for right now. Uh, yeah, and look, it, it, it's hard to do. Uh, um, I, he didn't have a choice. It was either sink or swim. You know, this guy has been a, a fixture in the tag team wrestling scene for quite a while now. And they were they were one of the big hot commodities, the free agent signings that WWE were able to get. Um, and they weren't the only company who was after these two guys. And for what happened and for him to persevere out of this is uh, very, very impressive. Like I said, he didn't have a choice. You go out there and get it. Um or, or you just kind of um, you just run out of your contract and you just kind of sit there and do what they're told you, do what they, they tell you to do, whether that's be stay off TV, put over talent, uh, or not do anything. Uh, the guy, I believed him. His his promo, he, he was emotional. He got a little teary-eyed. I saw some tears there. Um, and that's what you want to see. Um, I, I, again, uh, I want to see him in some sing- legit singles action 
And I think this is a good start with him because I think he will go over Trick Williams, who's kind of just been this goon for Carmelo, right? Just kind of been this, you know, this, I, I think that Wesley called him, uh, what is a second fiddle uh, to Carmelo. And I think this is a little storyline to jumpstart Wes, Wesley's singles career. And I In, think maybe I think into Carmelo, the, right? Yeah. And, maybe and you I go from Trick here. to Carmelo. That could be, and that's right? that's a banger of a match right there, dude. That would be that's awesome. That's a real good match. Wesley, Carmelo, maybe you have Carmelo beat Wesley one time with some cheating from Trick, you know? And then go a best out of five with those two. Right, those guys. Then you have him come back and finally get the win and like a SummerSlam weekend at like a bigger show. I I would love that. And maybe they have maybe that's sort of what they want to roll with. Like their uh, the North American title, like maybe is the one they have for some of the smaller guys. Maybe like sort of their 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 IC title could have been like you know the better workers. And maybe you have the other one more like the heavyweights, which that could be fine. And uh, I, I like that. We built. We continue to build up Cameron Grimes. He he feels good right now. I don't think he's <laughs> gonna win, but man, I like this. Like he he reminds me right now, sort of what they're doing with Madcap Moss. It's like they went goofy, then they went serious back, and now you kind of know this guy can do a little bit of everything. And so his character is sort of in between, where he's not really being a heel, but he's just telling Braun, "I'm gonna beat you." You know, and like, so he's just being a little bit more assertive and a little bit more, I guess, a little less goofy, you know. But I, I like Grimes right now. And what's funny, the crowd crapped on Grimes a little bit for a while. I don't, we didn't know why we were talking about it. I was like, why are they kind of crapping on him? I don't understand. But the crowd doesn't really like Braun that much. So they actually <laughs> like Grimes a little bit better now in this situation, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, I he he's a star, man. You know, we keep hearing he's he's gonna be uh he's gonna be brought up. We really thought he was gonna be brought up when he 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 lost the North American title there to to Carmelo. But lo and behold, um, he's the guy. Now this is gonna be really interesting here. I thought that Grimes would go nasty hill here, um, and maybe he does, but. <laughs> We're going to be put in a unique situation when him and Braun step into the ring uh, for the NXT title because uh, we know uh, the way things have been trending for Braun Breaker have not been very positive. Um, All that's not his fault. Uh, You know, it it just, that's the way the world works. I don't know why you just wouldn't go Braun Breaker full-time heel and just have him, you know, Crap on Grimes here, but it's going to be a unique situation when these two go one on one for the title. So it looks like we're going to probably be going Roderick Strong and Camp to face the their own Diamond Mine guys, right? You think that's where we're going to go and for like a tag team title match? Oh yeah, and, and I, I I think it I think it'll work here. I, yeah, me too. Roderick Strong is really really you know the quote unquote strong one of the two. I, I don't know a whole lot about Damon Kemp. We haven't really seen him. A whole bunch, but we know Roderick Strong can go. I, I like the, where this is going. You you have four guys that are t- together in one squad, and then they face off for the tag titles. I mean, what's more compelling than that? Not much. I, I think this is exactly where they're going here. Or you wouldn't see these two tag together. Yeah. So I, I gotta check this. I think it is. Isn't it? Is it Stevenson's brother? Is it Stevenson's brother? 
Kemp? I believe it is, yes. Bobby Stevenson, a.k.a. Yeah. Dave, Damon Kemp. So, I believe it is, um, yeah. Yeah, so that's just to give you an idea of what this guy might be able to do. You know, his brother already is, you know, like his brother's already in here looking pretty good in the ring. Yeah. So I don't think when Gable comes in, he's going to be a slouch. I don't. He might be someone I could totally see like a Kurt Angle or Roman Reigns sort of thing happen with him where they come in, they want him to be a baby face and maybe he gets pushed and maybe the crowd craps on him. But he I don't think he's going to be bad in the ring or bad. I could he might be a great heel like he could be a great Kurt Angle heel. You know, I would love that. I I would prefer that, you know, because. I think he's so fun and he's got a great personality on social media. I think everybody just assumes he's going to come in and be like a baby face. But if he just comes in in one of his first promos is how he's so much better than everyone. Like <laughs> I just, that would be awesome. So shout out to uh, the tag team division. I think is looking good. We talked about Grimes. He picked up a win and they're building him nicely. We got Vaughn Wagner to get the win over old uh, Brooks and my Maria Brooks. Which <laughs> I think, uh, and then a, a, a day later, Brooks and Dunn, uh, other than winning Grammy Awards for Neon Moon, they go <laughs> over across the pond and win the NXT UK Tag Team Championship. What the I know. Sand Hills going on there? I know. I just <laughs> saw that a few minutes ago. Yeah, I was looking. I was looking up on a couple things, and I saw that that popped up. So yeah, they win the uh, and 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 so the one of them's got the, uh, the like the the cast on his wrist yeah. that he's yeah. that he's selling, but the old Bob Orton, the old Bob Orton, the old Bob there. Orton, and then yeah, the Bob <laughs> <Orton>. Sharp. <laughs> uh, Owen Owen did that for a while too. He did. He did. Owen had one rocking. D'Lo had the chest protector for a while. Oh, yeah. He was okay. he was rocking for a long time. Uh, shout out to D'Lo who made an appearance at Slammiversary last week. They had their big show. Hey, uh, so I, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. And kudos to WWE. For allowing AJ Styles to cut a promo. That was cool. That was really cool. It didn't hurt them at all. That rarely happens. No, it didn't hurt them. And it actually makes people go, oh, that was cool at WWE, just like we did. That's all it does is it gives WWE a little bit of goodwill. They need some good press. (laughs) You're right. They they could use some positive press out there right now. Uh, Alba Fire gets a win, but it's via DQ over Lash. So they're, I guess, continuing on with some of their storyline with. uh, with those two So overall I thought a pretty fine um, NXT and I like A lot of the directions that they're going I feel pretty good about the tag team division They sort of set up that it looks like We're going to have um, What probably Indy going for Mandy And then Cora and What uh, Cora and Roxanne Probably going for the tag team titles Would you think it looks like Oh yeah absolutely um, I, and, and here's the thing We're, we're, we're going to have to see some titles change soon yeah, um, it, it's it's way too early for for Roxanne Perez to be the NXT Women's Champion. Is it too early for for her and Cora to be the? It's funny how Cora Jade we thought was set up to win that title for Mandy, and they didn't. And now these two young ladies are in a spot where they could be the tag team champions. Do you book these two young ladies who seem to be very over? Uh, do you book them to be your next tag team champions, or do you go uh, uh, the other tag team we talked about earlier? How would you? Book I think that? you book them 
first and then the other team because I think I don't think Cora and Roxanne are a long team. I think no, and they, I could see I could see Cora turning on her. Absolutely, I think that's what you do. I think you have them win, or or you have them in the match, and then and then the turn comes, or and or they're a team for a little bit, and the turn comes, and then they feud, and and they can continue on because I think that's I don't think they're going to be a tag team for a long time. I could see no, them. Okay. I, you 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 constantly bring up we're best friends. Um, it's, I, you know. I know it's to too her. that that is a setup for 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 disaster, my friend. Hundred percent. It's going to be all of you are going to see it one day when we do. A That's what G said. Podcast live. Chad is going to come live, up with baby. a chair and he's going to hit me in the back. It's going to be a long <laughs> setup all along. He the build up is there. And he's going to take all the equipment and he's going to take the followers and just run off. And, and it's going to be hijack a look. The podcast. Know, I got to do it. Hey, I've got to do it for the business, so it's going to be a stiff chair shot. Please, okay. And it's I, be I, real I would expect stiff. it. I want you to give it, give it to me <laughs> there. Coop a loop, my man, Chad Cooper. You hear him with us each and every week. This week we uh, we went a little bit later in the week, but we still got a chance to hit on everything. And um, Coop a loop, my man. We'll we'll see what uh, what we have to talk about from uh, the New Japan AEW show. We'll find out if they've. Started to set anything up moving forward, and we're not far away, right? Money in the bank. It's not. It's not next weekend, but it's two, two. No, it is it, next weekend. It is next week. Is, is it July fourth weekend? Yeah, right. I think it's July third. Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me confirm this after. Okay. Yeah. Let me confirm this real quick. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, Saturday, July the second, Allegiant oh, wow. Stadium. So we MGM. have go home Raw and go home SmackDown next week. Yeah. So this oh, is it. We should have some fun singles matches then coming up. Here yeah, we next. should, and we'll have a. So let, next week will be a really good show. We'll have a lot to discuss. We'll be able to recap everything that happened on the sure. Forbidden Door show and everything that's been going on with AEW moving forward. And we'll be able to set you all up for Money in the Bank. We've got Bianca, Carmella. We've got uh, Seth Rollins, Sheamus, Drew, Omos, and uh, as qualifiers. And we've got Nakamura and Sami Zayn in a match for a qualifier. With three more participants to be determined there Lacey, Alexa, Liv Morgan, Raquel, Rodriguez, and Asuka are all in It's going to be Aaliyah or Shotzi as a, another qualifier And then two more on the on the ladies' side I'd imagine on the men's side, Rollin, um, Riddle ends up being one of those final three And then on the women's side, Becky's probably one of those final three Ronda, Natalia. Usos, Street Profits, and Theory Lashley. I mean, on paper, with the Money in the Bank matches, should be good. It just doesn't feel like the title matches announced are going to be title changes. I don't think with Carmella, Natalia, or like Theory and Bobby Lashley there. Probably not even no. the Street Profits. And you know what sucks is, is that's what happens when you have a a unified champion. One part of one of the biggest things with the Money in the Bank pay per view. Always was is are they gonna cash it in that night? You Especially know, when always, there were two, because there were two yeah, of them. It's always been that, but as of now, we, you know, it, it doesn't look like they may be that opportunity. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, nonetheless, we know those two matches are 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 worth the pay per view. Watching it on the Peacock app, um, are, you know, just by themselves. So. But again, it, it's more intriguing when you have your champion defending the title that match in the main event because there's always a tease, right? There's always a tease. And hey, 
former champion, former Money in the Bank winner, Big E, you sent me that video or someone posted that video. Um, it was awesome. It was media. so cool. Just inspiring, man. Good dude. It's cool. People really love like that's a dude. That's a good dude. People will be excited to see him coming back. He's moving his neck around. That's the thing is that you may not have loved Big E winning the title or the run or whatever, but like everybody just nobody dislikes Big E. Nobody. He's a good yeah. dude, and everyone wants to see him do well. I just hated the way that they built him after the win. It was like he wins the title and. For a little bit it was okay But then he started losing big matches all the time And he wasn't necessarily treated like a, a Main event star We'll have Big E, Cody Rhodes coming back in a few months And in the uh, the next week We'll have another episode of This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper Koopa Loop, my man Thank you so much buddy You have a uh, a good weekend And uh, we'll talk next week, a lot to talk about You got it Gino Folks do not go anywhere Still a lot more to discuss on That's What G Said Big thanks to Koopaloop for helping out with this week in wrestling. That's going to do it for this episode. Hopefully we uh, were able to steer you to some winners for Saturday and for Sunday. We will finish up Obi-Wan Kenobi with Matt Velasco coming up in just a few days. We'll also have Episode 3 of Miss Marvel coming up for you. We'll have some old wrestling rewatch coming up uh, in the next few days. We're uh, going to record that one uh, early next week with Andrew and Darren, so we'll dive into that. We'll continue on with more Louisiana Downs racing, and we'll start previewing some uh, NFL Coming up soon, we'll get into a real good baseball segment, start talking some baseball, all sorts of stuff to come on That's What G Said. Make sure to give me a follow over there on social media. It's me, Gino B. Big thank you to all of the sponsors, and good luck this weekend.